it has been brought to my attention that uh, while Henry's right about a lot of things, he is just... I'm not sure wrong's the right word, but maybe confused about pizza? <laughs> no, I only know the best pizza. The best pizzas. The best possible things that could possibly go on a pizza. And that are definitely pizza and not something else. I don't know. Because that looked like someone just dumped a salad or like a... I don't know, like a Pinterest fall calendar thing onto a thing of dough and just mushed it about to kind of resemble the pizza. Uh, all right. So to to fill in what everybody's probably wondering, what was on this pizza? I I decided to share with uh, Alex and Charlie the pizza that I had uh, this past Friday, and alleged had, pizza. It's cheap. <laughs> Goat cheese and beet sauce with a, with a butternut squash. It's the beet sauce I object to. The butternut squash is whatever. I've had weird fancy, like, it's basically a salad masquerading as something people actually want to eat type of pizzas before. It's the idea of using beets as a sauce that just, it's, that's where I draw the line of, okay, that's just a weird, like, vegetable flatbread at that point. like Beet sauce. Well, so (laughs) it's red. So September twenty seventh, twenty twenty, is when I learned God is dead, and (laughs) things like beet sauce pizza thing. You know what? I just realized. You know what it is? The entire year of twenty twenty is like drinking at the airport at like six a.m. There are no rules. No one cares. It's just it's just insanity now. No, no. It's I, like being at an airport for last call, Alex. Something that should not happen to anyone. There, there is no last call at the airport. Oh, but there it's is because eventually the, the bar airport. closes, but people still sit there. No, no. This is where this is the point we've reached in our in our timeline where I you know, I should just crack open a beer now. It's 10:30 in the morning. No, it doesn't matter. Because we have goat cheese and beet sauce pizza, that's a thing. It, beet, the idea of beet sauce just makes it seem like Russians tried to make a pizza and had never actually heard of it before. They're like, you take the bread, you put cheese on bread, you mix with sauce. What do we have? We have borscht. This sounds <laughs> like something Dwight Schrute would have come up with in the office at some point. Yeah, that, that, that just tracks. Just to fucking hype up fucking beets. Yeah, you know what? Nothing surprises me anymore. Well, the beet sauce is red, though. Like my yeah. rage for pizzas that are very I was going to say, it shows yes. like red acrylic paint, but I'm not putting that on a thing and saying it's edible. <laughs> by, by, by that logic, can I like just like smear Ronald McDonald's hair across the piece of bread and go, Ta-da! McDonald's pizza, bitches! Sure. Why not? <laughs> Nothing. We've already we've already established that there are no more rules to anything. Like I've I've already destroyed the idea of uh, pasties apparently for people, um, uh, because uh, uncrustables, which are which are undescribable. I think this is just we've learned. Well, so I just for a point of contention on my part, was this thing purchased within? The confines of California. 
specifically well, yeah. Los Angeles. Yes. Oh, that doesn't count because nothing in Los Angeles counts as pizza. Awesome cast episode two hundred and twenty. I think is that is that track. I think that's right. Yeah, sounds about right. How would you know? You weren't here last week. Um. Oh well, yeah. Did you gain superpowers of knowing when things follow each other sequentially, courtesy of the smoke. Are you the smoke monster now, Alex? Yes. Yes, I am. I'll now be fielding questions as a smoke monster. Are Are you the biggest question from Lost that we don't have answered yet? <laughs> are you lost alex are you the embodiment of that show no i i i well i'm here now so you found me um did I we can't say yeah i i can't say i didn't wasn't involved on that show at some point but i will say i once was lost but now i'm found and on that horrible note welcome to the wicked awesome cast <laughs> As always, I'm Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak, joined by Alex, a.k.a. Mave Online. And the person who was actually here last week and not choking to death slowly as the state he lives in burns, although, come to think of it, we could have used that excuse as well. Henry, a.k.a. Nomad Har, a.k.a. Kraken Zero. Oh, it was a doozy. Welcome. Yeah. I'm glad to be back and breathing and alive. Like. Things I never thought I'd be like, hey, just wanted to let you guys know I'm happy to be these things today or have to worry about them. Yeah. The yeah. fires are being slowly contained. So. Yeah. No, it's. Oh, man. I don't know how bad it is where you're at, Henry. I, I got a little bit of a gist from Charlie, but I have no idea how bad it is where you are. Has it's it not. Been... It's it's not really hitting us as hard. I mean, because I'm still a good ways away from the nearest fire, so not as not as much here. Yeah, despite gotcha. the fact that Tahunga is not that far away from where Henry's at, it's it's a short car trip because the one trip in LA does not have all the traffic. It's a surprising amount of distance, actually. Okay. Yeah, like it's it's it. This won't sound that impressive to most of the rest of the world. Period. It's it's a solid minute of, like, it's 20 minutes easily of L.A. driving at, like, 60 miles an hour without traffic. It's, by L.A. standards, quite a distance. Okay. It's yeah. far enough I wouldn't date someone where Henry lives, where I live. It's like, it's like oh, they're on the end of the earth. Got it. <laughs> Too far. Yep. That's yeah, a horrible yeah. L.A. joke. So, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, like, the spoke didn't really so much make its way over here. I mean, I could still kind of see it in the distance, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I wasn't all that affected. Okay. Yeah, I, I wish I could say the same on my part, but it was pretty bad up here. So yeah, I, I'm still playing the game when I wake up in the morning of overcast or smoke. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, it's it's gotten better now. Like, yeah. it's it's actually... Like what I whether I normally would expect up here to be, uh, as opposed to waking up and it being dark red or like 
orange and seeing like the flames off. Like, I mean, it's not Silent Hill currently. Yeah, it's not Silent Hill anymore, which is kind of nice. So, but yeah, it was oh, it was so bad. But I guess uh, should I just go into it with the weeks? Yeah, sure. Fuck it. Why not? Okay. So uh, I happen to live not too far from Clackamas County, where uh, one of the big fires in Oregon was taking place. And um, it got really bad. Like, the the smoke quality, I think, actually in my area uh, reached that. Like, we were number one. Portland was, like, number one in the worst air quality in the world at some point. Congrats. Yeah, right? Um, so it was, yeah, it was bad. Um, we couldn't get any real circulation at work and all that. Oh, actually, so... Just to give some context, the week all the fire stuff started happening was the one week I chose to take vacation. So literally the state's burning and I had taken a week off and I was like, well, I was going to drive around and do some stuff, but I can't do that now. So um, I ended up working some OT on a Friday to kind of help out with stuff. Um, yeah, it was it was bad. So, um. So between, I think that was probably just the biggest thing because it was so hard to breathe. Like I actually like, there were days legit I just was so tired and could barely breathe well. And I don't normally have breathing problems, but like it's just the smoke was so thick out here that it was just bad. Luckily, I had just bought a new filter for my HVAC unit at home. So mm. it was a little bit easier if I locked everything up. But, you know, I have to let the dogs outside sometime. So... I have to open the door and occasionally they, you know, that smoke will get in, but wasn't that bad uh, at some points, but it was just when I'm out for work stuff and everything else during the day, it got really bad. It was just, it just messed me up the whole day. So sure. um, luckily it's not that case anymore and we've gotten, uh, we've gotten better, but yeah, I think the biggest thing was just, it was so smoky and just bad, man. Like, uh, and then the following week that I was missing from here, I actually had to work to help out with uh, my job to make sure things were up and running because of all the fires. We had to do a lot of evacs for some offices and stuff. So, yeah, that's that the thing. Fun. That's the thing I find kind of most interesting to kind of keep track of all this is like giant fires said enough, but like the impact where it's like, no, actually, no, we already kind of revamped things for COVID, but what if like now it's COVID plus fires? That's exactly what happened. <laughs> so, All of that has been fascinating. Where it's yeah. like there's good answers for one or the other, but like by their powers combined, the solution to one is the exact opposite thing you should do for the other. It's like, damn, stay home. What if my home's on fire? Well, you have to leave. What happens when we normally leave? Well, we go to like a fire safety center with lots of people in like a gym. Oh, yeah, that won't work now, will it? Yeah. Yeah, like, um, I was actually keeping tabs on the evacuation lines. Luckily, we never hit any kind of evacuation zone site, but, like, I was staring at that line real yeah. fucking close to my house of, like, oh, we're going to hit level one, two, three. But, like, it was surreal having coworkers, you know, be like, hey, I got to go. I've got to go evacuate my family's farm because they've got animals and stuff. They need to get out of there kind of thing. And so having tons of coworkers just have to go because they have to go um, 
you know, evacuate their farm animals. Yeah. Like, um, I was actually so uh, one of one of Mandy's uh, coworkers. They had to go evacuate their farm, and uh, she was telling her that they had barely got out in time because you could. She was driving off, and if you looked at your review, you can see the fires coming up over the hill where their house was. So it was like that's just a surreal shot to think of. You're literally driving away from your home, and you can see the flames like starting to come up from behind your, like from your rearview window, like a rearview mirror. Like that's just a bizarre fucking sight. But yeah, between that and jackasses wanting to form their own militias, uh, and for some reason stay and protect areas that were already evac was beyond me. Which, I mean, I get, I understand, yeah, you want to take care of your house, but you're not allowed to block the fucking roads, you're not a police. So, anyway, that's beside the fucking point of those jackasses. Uh, Yeah, it's, uh, here we are. I'm alive. So, things are getting better, it's getting nicer out here, so, here we are. (laughs) Did you play anything in the last two weeks, or just kind of Um, dealt with fire? Honestly, there were some days I came home and played nothing. Like, I was just burned out. But other than that, I have, I mean, I've played a little more, like, obviously, WoW here and there, because we're just doing sales to get ready for the expansion to close out. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I don't really think I've played that much. Other than, like, maybe some Overwatch with some friends who I play with often. And WoW, that's pretty much been it. Sure. I haven't even touched Fall Guys in a while, and I actually like that game. Sure. So. Yeah. Kind of where I'm at with that one right now. I wish I had a better report, but it was literally just like, dude, I get it. I, burned out, tired, and yeah. <laughs> dude, I get it. It's uh, it's hard to state overstate kind of just how probably the fires by themselves are a thing. Mentally dealing with the fires is a whole other thing. Where just it's like, fuck, yeah. do I have fire depression? <laughs> yeah, this shit is exhausting. Yep. So I can go next. Sure. So some behind the scenes of the podcast, I guess. Um, I spent this last week wiping my computer, then reinstalling everything because some stuff stopped working. I those. I I have very bad luck where like if it's a coin flip, where it's like yeah, if a coin flips fifty times and it comes up tails every single time, this Windows update will fuck your computer. I seem to every single time that's a possibility have gotten that computer that gets fucked and a. Uh, an update recently that recently went out by Windows just destroyed a bunch of my drivers. So there was, I think it was Tuesday. I literally installed, some, I downloaded, and installed somewhere in the park of like eighty different drivers onto my computer to get stuff up and running again. That's always fun. Oh, it was it was the best video game possible. I can play video games on my laptop again. The podcast is easier. But <laughs> while I was doing that, I was um, so. We haven't talked about it much because I'm not sure why, but so I have been playing Among Us, the hut new hutness that is taking up the Steam world, but not on a PC. I played on my phone like a real adult. The correct mm. way to play Among Us. Mm. Yeah, it's not exactly a uh, a game that requires a PC. I think it benefits from lack of voice chat, honestly. Mm. I, I think it's... 
Yeah, it becomes a little too easy to read people's voices. Well, I, I think it's if, one of those ones where part of the fun... That, yeah, and I think it's, it's one of those things where just part of the fun of that game is I have no idea who the fuck these people are, I don't care who these people are, either I'm murdering or I'm doing these tasks, I'm trying to convince them about to murder me kind of thing. I I don't know. I, it's, I, I get why it's super popular on Twitch. I think that the voice chat takes away some of that game. It's kind of like having a... It's like joining Dead by Dead as part of a squad as survivors and using voice chat. It defeats part of what that game is, I guess, in my mind. But what the, what the fuck do I know? I love the phone version of that game. It's great. I think it makes it a little... T- I do think the voice makes it way too easy to, to detect if somebody's lying. To, to be honest, like, you can be really good at telling if somebody's lying just by their voice. Sure, I also think... Some like, people are really bad at hiding it, too. Like, yeah, really and I, bad and, at hiding it, so... I think there's also, like, a weird communication, like, the because you can only type on the phone for it, or that's how I've been doing all that stuff. It, there's a different communication in that game. I think a lot of the puzzles work better at... The, not puzzles, the, the tasks work better on a touchscreen kind of thing. I, I'm not doing a great job of describing this. Like, I think the, the controls are shitty on a phone, but they're, like, appropriately shitty where it feels kind of even as a result of that. I, I don't know. I, it's A lot of the meme bullshit that I think is really what this game is about definitely comes out of the Twitch world where it's like, oh, yeah, because you have this controller and mouse and keyboard step, you can do these weird strafing things. It's like on the phone, everyone sucks at movement, and that's, I think, more <laughs> fun in some ways. Like, it feels more <laughs> deliberate. Like, it's... I think the game actually shines the worst people are at it, and, like, the the time constraints for communication, I think, really kind of force what that game's about to the surface in a better way than having a bunch of people yelling, it's not me, hee-hee, in a fucking Twitch stream. <laughs> yeah. On the flip side of this, because I now play Among Us, uh, my YouTube is poisoned with, like, best of Among Us moments, and there is no best Among Us moment. Like, it's it, that game is not whatever enough to inspire that much fucking media because the, the, the there's one of three things ha ha i was the killer the imposter ha ha i wasn't the imposter ha ha you shouldn't have voted me out i wasn't the imposter you fools you've been deceived like i need fucking half hour videos of like compilations of people being like why would you kick me off the shit because you sus brah <laughs> no more reason than that like I've kicked yeah. people off ships, or I have campaigned to kick people off ships because I like the pet they had. Well, it's like, I've played the game that's basically, that is Among Us. Like, I, I a game called Werewolf. It's had multiple mm. incarnations, but it's like, there's one werewolf, and then there's a couple of other roles. No, and I, I think and that's the big difference, too. Like, if you've played Werewolf, there's less of a novelty to Among Us. I think Among Us is the yeah. best video gamification of that kind of... Mm. Board is, is that that's technically a board game, right? What, no, no, it's not. It's not that? even a board game. Yeah. You don't need a board. You don't like. I have cards for it. Yeah, you don't even I, need I think cards. Of the cards. I was thinking of the cards. Yeah, you know, you're right. You don't need anything to play that game necessarily. Yeah, yeah it's. I think other games have kind of tried that. Have tried to make that game before and kind of failed in winter. This is definitely the best idea of don't fucking trust people. They all want to murder you, or do they? No, they do. And made it into a game that you can kind of play multiplayer. I think it benefits from it being just that. Like, they announced this week, like, yeah, we were going to make a sequel. We're not doing that. We're just going to put this stuff in the game. 
I'm kind of worried about that because I can't think of a thing I want them to add to that game except maybe maps. Like, it's kind of a perfect, like, no, don't fuck with this. Like, the balance is perfect. Like, this game is exactly what you want. Like, probably just more maps and, like, uh, stuff. You That's know. what I heard is mainly maps. More stuff. tasks. Yeah. Probably. Rotating yeah. tasks. Yeah. The, the, the things I would change are more maps, maybe, like, more randomization of the tasks, I guess. Like, I, and the only mode I would add is everyone but one person is an imposter. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, jeez. That would be a fun fucking twist to deal with, yeah. though. I don't know how that would play out, though. Like... Oh, no, the game find... mode doesn't tell you everyone but one person is an imposter. Like, it's randomly... The game puts you into a mode where everyone but, like, one or two people is an imposter. Hmm. And enable imposter versus imposter killing. Hmm. I don't know. I just think it would be a fun twist on it, but, yeah. I have a pretty boring week on my end, too. All the Elite Dangerous. I did my first um, Panite grind day. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that. Panite? Panite? It, it's the big thing. You go and mine, and then you buy a better ship to go mine, and your money problems go away in that game. I've been staying away from it. A, because I didn't have a good ship for it, and B, because I'm like, no, I want to experience this game. And now I'm like, I want 100 million credits easily. And now I have that. Hmm. My advice for all new players, get a dolphin. They're fucking amazing. It's maybe the best, like, starter ship in the game. And I am sad I slept on it as long as I did. It's an amazing ship. And it looks cool. It's the Mercedes of the small ships. You're like, sure, you can ride in space, but but you can also ride in luxury. Yeah, I'm I'm still enjoying the fuck out of that game. I I have a Python now. It's a bigger ship. I think the Python's actually my first medium-sized ship, technically. Yeah, the anaconda is next. I don't know. What have you been up to, Henry? Except for, aside for being wrong about pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, among other things, I have a new office chair. I my other chair finally just completely collapsed. It's just there's too many broken parts on it to to hold it together. Uh, at the very end, it was being held together by rope. So yeah, that finally just kind of fell to pieces. It served me well. It served me for like seven years or something, and it was pre-owned when I got it. I don't know how much it was used before then. I don't think much, but in any case, I do have a new chair. Uh, It has a nice high back, which I like because I like to actually have good posture, especially because I work so much at my computer. Yeah. As a programmer and such, I, I... I work at my computer, so yeah, I want a good chair with that forces me into good posture, and it but it also supports me, and so yeah, uh, the only thing I would say about this chair is the sort of covering on it doesn't seem very thick, like it seems like it'll wear through a bit. Oh, that thick. sucks! Like it's kind of a flimsy, like leather almost. Yeah, like yeah. So I actually took. The remaining leather off of my other chair and put it on this chair. Other <laughs> powers combined. Yeah, actually. And it's actually, I, I fixed it up and kind of worked it out to where it's actually worked out pretty well. So I've got kind of the best of both. I have uh, thicker leather, way thicker leather, and just a chair that's not falling to pieces. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy about it. Pretty happy about the chair. Um, 
Uh, some parts of it I think are a little bit going to be a little bit stronger. I think so. That's good. But yeah, I kind of need that because I use it all the time. And I didn't have three hundred dollars to drop on like a full-on gaming chair, which I would also consider. But yeah, I just a uh, smaller budget. But this chair it was still actually, a bit much. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like three hundred, three fifty that I've seen for like the gamer chairs. I'm not sure if I'm willing to drop that for a chair, even if I had that to spend, you know, that extra to spend. I think I'd still probably go for this chair. But, yeah. So, what I've been doing since I've gotten this chair, so I, I'm i still watching Gintama. I'm at 90 episodes, officially. I should probably slow down a bit, uh, but there are like 350 plus episodes, so I'm not too concerned about running out. But yeah, it's it's easy to fly through them because they're all each about twenty four minutes, and so yeah, I can sit down in one sitting and watch three episodes easily. I Is mean, it a show not... that fans get to say weird things like when you get to episode a hundred? That's when the show actually starts. No, it's pretty much been pretty consistently what I described it all the way through. That's fair. Weird satire and. Pa- Satire, social satire, parody of other anime, popular anime, and uh, his historical. Yeah, that's sort of like yeah, it's it, because it's it's an alternate reality. Sure, it's what if technology got introduced to like like ain't like much in a much sooner to Tokyo or to the Tokyo area to Japan in general than it did like high technology. And then it also has, it's super silly, and then it has these serious story arcs with, and ongoing character arcs. And so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty consistent. And yeah, so, I, no, it's, you can just, you watch first episode, first double episode, it's pretty much like, that's the way the show's going to be. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, as far as video games, I've been playing video games that are less taxing on my system that I can play comfortably. Fantasy Star Online 2, I've come back to that. That runs, really? Yeah. Oh, it runs beautifully. It doesn't, like, it doesn't even make my system fans go up. Huh. Well, the thing is, remember, it's been around for, like, two decades or something. No, yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm just surprised, I guess, still. Yeah, it's... And yeah, that game is so optimized at this point, it would run on a potato. I mean, it's so, and I just, and I run it at, you know, high graphics, whatever. It doesn't care. It's, it's, yeah, it's runs with almost no resources. I'm just like imagining the, the obligatory air quotations for high graphics in that sentence. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's because online, Fantasy Online 2 doesn't have that high of graphics. It, I think it looks nice for what it does with what it has, but you can tell where it's taking shortcuts, too. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I've been playing Fantasy, Fantasy Star Online 2. Still playing a lot of uh, King of Fighters All-Star. And I played Left 4 Dead 2 this weekend because there's a new campaign. Yeah, we that's didn't right. talk they, about they that last out. week, and I'm like... How did we not talk about that? Well, I kind of wanted to wait until I played it because I knew sure. I would play it. 
I knew I would play it. And yeah, so I, and it's a free weekend, which means that even though it's still all around been a pretty healthy, like a number of people still playing that game on a regular basis, especially on custom servers, but also just on official servers too. But this weekend, tons of people are playing now because yeah, there's a new campaign and it's free, free weekend. So everybody's playing it now. So, and well, it's so not like the game's expensive. Riddle me this: I, What is the new? Like a brand, like, like when I say campaign, that means like, like a series of levels to go through. Like there's okay, so it's it's, game, it's another batch of like five or six levels. Yeah, except in this case, it's just two really long ones. So hmm. they're definitely experimenting. I've noticed that they like the, the last new one they came out with, Cold Stream, was definitely an experiment in that, like in it, the couple of the levels in that one were longer, which I think I kind of like. Yeah. Um, to a certain extent, because you start to really feel the fear because there's not a safe place for you to go. There's not this sort of, uh, you know, go a little while and then you got a place to kind of take a breather and reload and reload your weapons and stuff. No, you got to you gotta go quite far. So I played it blind basically with well i got on a thing where all of us were actually playing it blind none of us had played it like none of the four of us had played this one before and so and but all of us had played before so we're all like we know how it works but even at that we were like having trouble like it a it's pretty difficult b i think they upgraded the ai director i think i saw that as part of it yeah and oh Oh, it's it's it will get you now. The specials, the, the the use of specials now is more clever, I think. Uh, and yeah, the but the new campaign itself, uh, uh, I think is called Last Standing or uh, Last Stand. Yeah, yeah Last Stand. Uh, like it added a horde mode to it, didn't it? Technically, it always had a horde mode. Oh. What do you mean? Like a, I defend the point mode, I guess, or something. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another versus thing added to it. But yeah, the uh, the update, the update in general is called Last Stand, but also that's the name of the new campaign. Gotcha. But that's yeah, not by the... horde mode, yeah, because that entire game is technically a horde mode. Not the, yeah, definitely not the best question to ask in context of that game. But yeah, there's a new versus mode added as. But yeah. Just and new weapons. Um, mostly not brand new weapons. So there's a weird thing. For a long time, for most of the time up to now, there were slightly different weapons for the European servers and like the and like the U.S. servers. In that there were a couple of specifically very Europe like European guns for the European servers. Now you could have a chance of getting any of the guns. Like, oh, both, that, both sets of guns. That's kind of neat. Yeah. And honestly, one of the European guns I like quite a bit, because it's halfway between a sniper rifle and a... and, like, a submachine... or a and one of the submachine guns, or the assault rifles. Yeah, actually, yeah. It's halfway between an assault rifle and a sniper rifle. There is a new sniper rifle, but also there's this other one which kind of Slight zoom in, but does more damage 
the idea of using a sniper rifle in that game just feels wrong. Oh, but if you're good, like I know. you can pick off you pick off special infected at very long range. So, but yeah, the but there are a few new weapons, melee weapons. You can get a shovel and a pitchfork now. About goddamn time I can use a pitchfork <laughs> in that franchise. Oh yeah, and it's 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 a pitchfork. It's certainly a pitchfork. <laughs> and and it seems to have pretty decent range, like better range. So that's that's its thing. It has seems to have a bit more range than most of the other melee weapons. As, Same as, for the shovel. As someone basically. had a friend growing up who liked to tell me about how the most effective anti zombie weapon was that like Shaolin spear spade weapon thing and I always had to look at him and go, well, do you have one of those when the zombie comes? And then he goes, well, no. And I go, well, I have a pitchfork. I'm really happy they have a pitchfork in that game. Well, that's the thing. A lot of the, you know, funny thing is, historically, a lot of the pole arms started because they're just farmer's implements. And when you don't have a lot of iron, you tend to have a wooden stick attached to something on the end of it. Either yeah. as a tool or a weapon. Oh no, so, Vikings were famous for axes because axes were utilitarian. Yeah, and axes also, there you go, mostly pole, you know, mostly wooden pole, and then a bit of metal for the pointy bit. So, because it's cheaper. You don't necessarily have tons of iron lying around, so you gotta use it sparingly. But yeah, they, uh, but yeah the new Left 4 Dead expansion is totally surprising, but also means that they still don't like the number three. <laughs> it's never coming, boys. Left 4 Dead 3 is never happening. Gaben, you son of a bitch, you did it again. What if they just jumped to Left 4 Dead 4? <laughs> if they did that, I would fucking crack up. It'd be That'd so be good. hilarious. But yeah, they instead of coming out with three, they're just like, hey, new campaign. Which is real weird, like I said, because... Well, the entire thing's free, right? Well, no. I thought the game was paid is paid or not, yeah. No, the game is paid, but you pay once. Not say it's the I expansion vote... free or not, I can't remember. Yeah, the expansion's yeah, free. Sorry, yeah, that's sorry, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. It's just another campaign. And, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's super surprising. I was like, what? Okay, yeah, definitely I'm going to play this because I play Left 4 Dead 2 anyways, still. And now I'm probably going to hop back on, like, probably later today and play again because, hey, lots of people are playing it right now. Because it's a free weekend, and why not? Hell, it's, uh, it's even like, it was it, right now it's also on sale for $2, right? The whole game? Yeah, so it's like, just buy the game already. There's so much content for it now. I mean, now you, I feel like there's practically three games worth of content rolled into this, and none of them cost any money. None of this is DLC, paid DLC. All of it is just like, yeah, everything was just like, here's new stuff for free. Sure, Coldstream was free too. I mean, nothing has been paid for the any of it. I think there is some... Is there a DLC for it, even? I'm not even sure if there is. I think all their DLC has just been free stuff. Like, yeah. honestly. This rolled into the game at large. I there was something, so. but I can't remember what the fuck it was, and this is where my brain gets sloppy on 
Orange Box versus Left 4 Dead versus Left 4 Dead 2. Left 4 Dead yeah. uh, was on Orange Box, so that was the first Left 4 Dead, not the second one. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, the... Yeah, it's... But, yeah, honestly, it's it's kind of strange. Yeah, they just keep on throwing in, like, more free stuff, and, yeah, nothing... No, nothing I can remember has ever been, like, paid stuff. Um... I think, oh yeah, it costs money for people on consoles. Some of the de- some of the new stuff has, but it was free for PC. That and might Mac be what I'm remembering then. That makes more sense. Yeah, and I think that was mainly due to the consoles wanting to cash in on the DLC and not Steam. I think they pushed that on them. Possibly. I think that sounds familiar. Who knows. It's been, what, 10 years since we last had to talk about new content coming to Left 4 Dead? <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I think the Cold Stream... All right, Cold Stream came out 2012. Yeah. Uh, I, and I remember when that came out, but I've owned this game since it... Practically since it came out. Very, not long after it came out. Be sure. Okay, yeah. so I have a funny story about Cold Stream. But yeah, I've been yeah. The game came out eleven years ago, and we've just saw new, new free content. I don't, I don't understand it honestly. But I guess <laughs> it's just a passion for the game and knowing that we can't do three, we can't count to three. But what's your story? So the day that game came out, my bike got stolen when I was in college. Oh Aww. shit. That's and I only nice. know this because me and Jeff made plans to play that game that night. And when I went to get my bike to go home and play the game with him and his friends, I found out my bike was stolen. I had to report that to a whole thing. And that then gave birth to the conspiracy that there's only like nine bikes in all of Pittsburgh. They just keep getting <laughs> stolen over and over and redistributed. I'm checking that now, but I'm almost positive like that was the night that fucking thing happened. Or like within a week of that thing happening. <laughs> but... Yeah, so, yeah, I got up to weirdly new content from an from a nearly decade-old game and played another new, over a decade-old game. So, yeah, I'm right on the bleeding edge of video games. We're right still, fellow kids. I have bought another game, uh, Bullets Per Minute, but I haven't had a chance to play it yet, so I can't really comment on it yet, but... I checked it out. It looks cool. Not for me, but cool still. I I watched somebody play it, and I was like, actually, that seems cool. But yeah, I'll I will talk more about it when I get a chance to yeah. actually play that play that game. So but yeah, that's that's pretty much my week. So I suppose it is a time a time for news. I suppose news. we can do that. <laughs> I don't even know where to start this week. Like on, on one hand, I want to talk about how we're now officially on Amazon. That service is all out there. But on the other hand, the Luna looks like a goddamn nightmare. So let's start there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So if that ham-fisted up transition wasn't enough to lure you in on this one, so we now there's been some rumors for a while, and I didn't realize how real these rumors were, and I've been following them for a while just because I like to follow the 
cloud gaming space. I think it's a beautiful nightmare. So Amazon this week announced Luna, the their version of Stadia. The big difference being um, Amazon actually is trying to make games at least. So there's a bit more of a precedent maybe than just what Stadia was up to. But I, yeah, the controller for this looks equally sus to use a phrase I've learned from Among Us. Um, <laughs> I it's. Someone made the joke how it looks like an off-brand version of a Switch Elite controller, and now that's all I can fucking see when I look at this thing. I <laughs> I will probably wind up owning this thing, because of fucking course I will, because I'm me. I, it's... Yeah. It, it runs on the same technology, so it also yeah. runs a, off of LAN, instead of, like, Bluetooth yep. or something sensible. So, Yeah. The one part that's not clear is how you connect this shit to your TV necessarily. Oh, it's going to be a, a fire, fire stick. TV. Of course, yeah. yeah, but I'm hoping it just doesn't want to burn your house down the same way that the, uh, <laughs> what was it? The... Chromecast? God. Yeah, the Chromecast wanted to. But <laughs> we'll see. Uh, well, it is called the Fire TV. I... <laughs> so we, we're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves on this one. Like we should bring it back a little bit. This is technically a subscription. It's it's more akin to I'd say GeForce because is you are playing PC games remotely on a computer. It's not a whole separate ecosystem. At least based on the description they've given so far, it'll be six bucks. It will be six bucks a month, not buds a month. That's a whole separate economy. Um, yeah, I, it's it's kind of weird to see something that competes with the GeForce Now stuff, as opposed to, you know, Stadia, the one you'd think people would be going after, but I think that more speaks to just how much of a flop Stadia has continued to be across the board at this point in time. I, It's got a pretty impressive roster coming. It's got Resident Evil 7, Control, Panzer Dragon, Plague Tale, Innocence, Surge 2, uh, Yuka and Lele, you know, that hot title that everyone's clamoring to get on their platforms at all given points in time. It... <laughs> This will be a thing. It does not appear to let you use your existing Steam library, which was, and I think still is, the best part about the, gen, uh, the GeForce Now stuff, or NVIDIA Now, whatever the hell it's called at this point in time. But we'll see. I, Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem clear if you have to buy these games or if they're just bundled with it yes. and that just comes with the service. That's what I'm not sure about. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to read things about it. I was trying to read things about it, like, yesterday, actually, and I just couldn't... It's not clear whether you have to... I, I assume that you just get these games? I think it's not clear. I don't want to say one thing or the other kind of thing. It's not... Yeah. I, I've read over the website multiple times, uh, but it seems like... All right, so it seems like... There's, it's going to run on the idea of channels. So maybe that means you buy a channel and you get access to those games? Yeah, and I... So, like, loot. there's two channels that have been announced. Their own, which is Luna Plus, and the uh, Ubisoft is also apparently going to be another channel. So it seems like... That's going to be the way that works, so it's more like PlayStation Plus in a sense. If they make this part of Prime, I'd be interested, but I'm not sure I'm looking to give Amazon an extra 
six bucks a month to play games I already own, hypothetically. I, who the fuck yeah. knows? Like, yeah. that's actually well, if it's a Sony again, ecosystem or not. I don't know who this is for. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure who this is for, who this is, like, same, those the same questions with the Stadia. Who is this for? I think this one makes a little bit more sense. The Stadia was just so weird because it was its own ecosystem. I, I, this is at least based on what we've read so far and what's been available so far. Is in the PC space, you at least have that community going on. I, yeah, I, again, it's highly dependent on how good your actual internet is in your location. Like That's the problem with the Microsoft one and this one and the NVIDIA one and definitely the Stadia one. I... On PC, you can use non-Luna controllers for it eventually kind of thing. Like, it's it's everything you know about Stadia, just maybe a little bit better with a slightly more transparent cased controller. I don't know. Like, this controller looks evil in a way I can't explain either. I'm not sure why I think it looks evil, but I keep looking at it going, I've never thought controller looked evil before until this one. Like, maybe it's the glowing purple <laughs> circle in its forehead and the logo for Like, it's it's... it's future cyber cult cult enough looking that I'm kind of like, I don't trust this controller. I don't know. To me, it just looks like a Mad Cat's version of any controller. Yeah, but Mad Cat's at least looks shitty enough. You're like, oh, it's a Mad Cat's? Like, this looks like a well-made, maybe not a good controller, but, like, effort was put into making it, like, build-wise acceptable, and that's what I find sinister. Hmm. I don't know, though. I like its use of purple. You don't see a lot of purple in video game consoles. Yeah. It's a good color. Luna Purple! Oh, it's that branding with, uh... Twitch. Letting it to Twitch, yeah. Yeah, I... And to anyone out there saying, like, why would they do this? They fucking own Twitch. That's why. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I imagine something's going to be, like, within the platform that's going to make it easy to stream to Twitch. Oh, I'm assuming that they're going to add a, like, hey, do you like this game on Twitch? Might we recommend Luna functionality? I, we didn't really yeah. talk about that, but like, given how aggressive some of that advertising stuff has gotten lately, it just makes sense we were building towards this. Like, I, We're going to come full yeah. circle where like Twitch is going to be like, hi, we see you're watching this person play this video game a lot. Have you thought about actually playing it yourself? It's so easy. Just fucking fire up Luna. It's right there for you i part of me wonders how far it will go like part of me almost imagines we'll wind up in a space where you can only make money uh, by streaming games on twitch that you can get on luna i don't fucking know how level integration we're gonna see for this but we'll see Mm. like if i was an evil business person i would totally make it so it's like you can have partner status but we'll only pay you to play games that like you can get on luna my question is is it coming to kindle Dude, if I could put this on my paper white Kindle, I will be fucking in. I want to see, like, fucking Destiny rendered in that beautiful ink-on-paper style that that thing can only do. Mm. That warm ink color. I feel like now that you've set that somewhere out there in the wild, Todd Howard, his eyebrow twinged for a second, like, ah, Skyrim on the fucking, was it paper white, or what do you call Kindle? it? Kindle, yeah, Kindle white. Yeah. Kindle yeah. paper. Yeah. I feel like somewhere out there, Todd Howard is gleefully thinking of that idea now. Well, so while we're talking about Todd Howard, I suppose, um, perhaps 
maybe we're going to see less of that joke in the future, but who knows at this point, because Microsoft just bought ZeniMax, which owns Bethesda and a bunch of other shit for a fuck ton of money. Oh, yeah. $7.5 billion fuck ton of money, to be precise. Uh, Yeah, Microsoft now owns ZeniMax, which means they now own Bethesda, and that means they now own it as well. They all, yeah, they own all of it, it? plus mm-hmm. yeah. the Elder Scrolls series, plus Fallout. Yeah. Well, that's Bethesda at that point, yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the best joke to come out of this has been uh, Phil Spencer, was a joke about Phil Spencer buying uh, Bethesda just so Todd Howard could stop porting Skyrim and just make a new fucking Elder Scrolls game. <laughs> <laughs> I think Todd Howard has officially won. And I'll tell you why. He convinced he convinced people to buy fucking Skyrim one more time for seven point five billion and he got it. Sure, yeah, that's the joke we're going with. I'm all for it. <laughs> Todd Howard, you son of a bitch, you've done it again. Oh my my favorite though is uh John Carmack's response to it. There's there's a little bit of a uh backhanded little thing here. Uh, I great. I think Microsoft has been a good parent company for gaming IPs, and they don't have a grudge against me. So maybe I will be able to re-engage with some of my old titles. That's been your John Carmack tweet of the week. <laughs> tweet so of that's, the week. That's that's pretty passive aggressive. <gasps> that is some John Carmack level shade out there. Uh, yeah. Do you follow John Carmack's Twitter? Because it's amazing the shade he throws on that thing. Also, the tech specs. Like, it's a bizarre mix of, like, the super in-dev dev brain and, like, the hateful shade that only a 13-year-old girl can throw. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> the other thing, too, um, that came out of this was now that Microsoft owns all of this, they technically own both Bethesda and Obsidian. Yep. Which means potentially there could be a Fallout New Vegas too. It's not going to happen. And they, no, 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 they actually tweeted about it and they said, "Does that mean this could be a thing?" And they just tweeted like some sort of weird, like you never know, if, kind of thing. If you could give Fallout back to Obsidian, I'd be very happy. I also, well, I'm not sure I want another Fallout it. game ever again. I, oh. I'll say it now. I'm not sure I ever, I ever want ever Fallout game. That thing has run its course. It's now become a parody of itself and not a good way. Like, let's move on. The, the Outer Worlds is a fantastic new iteration of that kind of thing, what that game was doing. Let's, yeah. let, let's, <laughs> let's move forward. Like, I, I get it. I love the Fallout franchise, but Fallout 76 exists, and if there's no, no more definitive end or should be an end for a franchise or at least an IP, that game should be it. Can I do one more joke on uh, on, on Skyrim? Go for Tom it. Howard? Okay, so Microsoft buys Skyrim. Microsoft puts Skyrim on the Xbox Game Pass. Every month, you're now buying a new copy of Skyrim because you're paying for your monthly sub. Todd Howard has convinced people to buy Skyrim indefinitely for the rest of their subscriptions to Xbox. Todd Howard, you son of a bitch, you've done it again. It's like a Reddit you stealing these jokes from. I feel like I've read all of these jokes already. <laughs> I saw that one somewhere on Twitter. Fair. Yeah, uh, c- congrats on buying a bunch of potential exclusive IPs, Microsoft, for your new console. I, mm-hmm. uh, 
jokes aside, we should take a step back. It's not clear what this purchase means in the grand scheme of things. I, on one hand, it's very easy to assume that maybe that means whatever the next Elder Scrolls game is will not be coming to Sony's consoles, but also from a business standpoint, maybe that doesn't make sense. I don't know, uh, but... I, I mean, I think it makes perfect sense. Sony has been trying to ham up a few of these exclusives here and there with, like, Spider-Man oh, and yeah. all that, and Microsoft just replied with, like, you know what? I'm just gonna buy all these fucking studios. No, no, Let's I think go. It, that's the, and that's the <laughs> counter to what I'm saying. I think it's one of those ones where I think for a lot of these games, yeah, you're never seeing this on another platform. Again, it's not a Microsoft uh, console or a uh, PC. I, I think for some of the stuff, like, like it's Elder Scrolls specifically that sticks in my mind, which just that game has such a huge player base that I think you maybe financially have to release it on all platforms, but what the fuck do I know? I I also totally believe the Elder Scrolls fan base would absolutely buy an Xbox just to play the next Elder Scrolls game. Well, I mean, you don't even have to buy an Xbox. You can literally just jump between your at your, at your an Xbox or a PC because it gives a good chance they'll just throw it on Game Pass. And Xbox will forever be cheaper than a PC that runs that game, potentially. Uh, yes, yeah. it's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, so. I'm not saying it's the correct platform to play that on necessarily. Like, I think anyone who plays a Bethesda game without mods at this point in time, despite my disdain for Bethesda and the mod community when it comes to that topic, is playing the worst version of that franchise. Mm. Like, I... The P- the console versions of those games are, without a doubt, every time the worst version of it. I I know me and Jeff got into it when Fallout Four happened. The console version of Fallout Four is a shit game. Like it is at best a three out of five. The PC version at launch was at best a four out of five. I'd go so far as to say, like, the difference being the PC community will fix console games they feel especially attached to. Mm-hmm. You can go back and play the console version of Fallout Four. It's still mediocre at best. I'm still kind of mad about it, but I digress. Yes, congratulations on buying all those exclusives, Microsoft. Sony's, yeah, as you said, Sony's just been slowly building their own sort of parade of companies. So, yeah. Just a matter of time. Yeah. I mean, they must have been really pissed off that you couldn't use Spider-Man in one of their releases. Was it the Avengers game? Yeah. You can't get Spider-Man on it. So they're like, okay, well, we'll just reply with buying all these fucking companies. Fuck you, we're gonna buy Skyrim. What's a Skyrim? <sighs> if anybody has fuck you money to do that, it's Microsoft. Oh, yeah, no, it's absolutely Microsoft. Like, that's... <laughs> From a pure calculating business evil board perspective, this is some, like, baller-ass move on their part. Like, from a good-for-gamers standpoint. Who knows? I've been slowly drifting in the direction of PC gaming these days anyway. Like, maybe yep. that's what the next cycle of holds for me kind of things. It sure as fuck looks like Sony's putting a bunch of their games on PC, and, well, Microsoft already is, so... Let's talk about those NVIDIA 380s. <laughs> or 3080s. Oh, yeah. Uh, but keeping with our kind of theme of celebrating dumpster fires when they happen... Surprising no one, the Xbox pre-order system was also a goddamn mess. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's just, it was, that was going to happen. Yeah. I think we called it last week. I just felt like talking about it again. Because <laughs> it amuses me. Our last bit of Microsoft news, and this is actually maybe the... If you're kind of debating which console makes more sense for you financially and all that stuff, uh, this is actually potentially a big factor... 
the Xbox Series X uses some kind of proprietary memory expansion devices that apparently are going to cost almost as much as half a console. They're going to come in around 220 bucks, give or take. Which is fucking expensive. You could just buy a Series S at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I personally think it sucks they're moving away from just having external hard drives for these types of things to be compatible, but I also get it, but yeah. This is specifically for the uh, one terabyte like switch drop-in style hard drive thing that, in its defense, looks cool as shit. Like, it's a real nice $220 hard drive for a console. Hmm. It looks real sleek, as in they should do more of this, but for just, like, general hard drives in my book. But I digress. Where to go from here? Ah. Uh, talk about the Kirby fighting game? Sure. Do a little Nintendo corner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're making a Kirby fighting game. Which was, I guess, what, accidentally leaked, correct? Like we weren't yeah, supposed to know yeah. and then they just properly announced it, so. And I enjoy the fact that they've now just, they've made a sequel to Super Smash Brothers with less effort, and also, <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it looks cool. There's like, what, 20 different Kirbys in it or something? And D2D yep. and a couple of the iconic villains, like, you, you play as one of the individual Kirby powers, they seem to have their own moveset that goes along with that, so. That's yeah. kind of genius, actually. Well, I, I, yes, and the more genius part is it has a real fighting game health bar system, unlike fucking Smash. So, I look forward to welcoming this into Evo next year as a real fighting game. Mm-hmm. Smash has a health bar system now no, too. It, it's not used. <laughs> this is hmm? this is fucking genius somehow. I don't know I, why. I'm watching this trailer now, and I'm like, Jesus! Somehow, it's just... how did no one think of this beforehand? Yeah, like it's. It's the Ryu Ken situation taken to the ultimate degree. Yeah, essentially. I, for one, looking forward to when they release uh, expansions for this game that involve uh, Kirby just sucking in a copy of uh, Mail of uh, the new latest Smash game and just putting that in the game indirectly, <laughs> or vice versa. I don't know which way that will work, but also Lucha Libre Kirby is awesome, and I will die for him. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's just. Not even reskins Smash Brothers engine. It's just the Smash Bros engine. Yeah. Oh like, no! Let's. Everything <laughs> about this is kind of brilliant in a very cynical. Hey, we made another fighting game for casuals type of way. Yep. But it also looks great because so, yeah. Honestly, I think it looks more fun. Yeah. And and it's a real fighting game. It's got a health bar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Smash has health bars now. No one uses them. The official tournament play of Smash does not use health bars. <laughs> this is fucking genius. I, I mean, I imagine... And, and they, the... have, they have tandem moves, too. I just which... saw that! Oh my god, you're right! It's a cool game. I, I, I'm unironically kind of like, maybe not hype, but it's the, huh, this looks kind of cool in a way Smash hasn't in a long-ass time. <laughs> Imagine the guest characters you could have in the Kirby game too. You could have like Link and Young Link and Samus. Well, just Kirby skins of those characters. Yes. No, no. And I want the, f- the characters. I-, I want them to migrate everything from Smash into a better fighting game. 
To a real fighting <laughs> game, I guess is more accurate. All, all fifteen of the Fire Emblem characters. Uh, they can have. They, we just want Ike. <laughs> Not even Martha Roy. We want Ike. Oh shit! But look at what you just said. Imagine if they all the DLC characters are just the Kirby versions from the other game from that. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Oh, Do yeah. that too. That'd Let's be awesome. They're just going to slowly push people over to the better game. Yeah. If we get amiibos for all of this, some people are going to be fucked, but that's a whole other topic. Yeah. <laughs> are amiibos even a thing? Uh, yes, they still are. I, I guess while we're talking kid-friendly stuff, let's talk about Future Club. No, not, not Future Club. Sorry, we'll talk about that in a second. Let's talk about Epic Games Super Awesome. So, Epic Games has just acquired a company called Super Awesome. And what Super Awesome has really tried to focus on is trying to make kid-safe gaming spaces. So, essentially, different types of tools, such as kid-safe monetization, like via certain ads, an ad system, and just parental consent management, things like that. So it's so this shows for me that Epic, they're looking to lean into and really dip into the, well, extremely lucrative children's market because you know who actually really buys lots of games and stuff like that? Kids. Yeah. Like, and it's like, yeah, you're aiming at, you know, you've been aiming at sort of the 20, 30-year-old people with money. Guess what? They have kids. <laughs> and their kids are going to want to play games. So, yeah, for me it makes sense. But also, good, because they want to make sure that in light of what we've talked about with, you know, COPA and, like, YouTube and that whole thing, yeah, this is also, I think, Epic Games saying, hey, let's do even more to make sure that we're, A, legal, and also, B, leaning into a very lucrative space that, you know, as far as PC gaming goes, has not really been tapped. Nintendo has kind of really, you know, focused on that all along, on having lots of kids' games along with sort of more adult-oriented games, but not so much on PCs. So I think this is Epic saying that, hey, we want to go headlong into this. So I think that's... To me, that's really interesting. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I can't shake the feeling that I'm now waiting for Epic to get out there in like five years and be announcing the new Epic Box, the fourth console you can now own if you so wish, kind of thing. But I don't think that's actually a real possibility. I, Steam I, tried. Uh, Steam really didn't, though. Their, their their attempt was kind of half-assed and weirdly advertised. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think this is just, yeah, them realizing, hey, I mean, you know, and also kids more use phones, but yeah, yeah, the kids playing on computers, that's not as, not really been tapped. Uh, I'm I'm curious, so, yeah, but I think this is them leaning leaning into that. Well, I I think it's an important kind of change in policy where, Previously, the kind of conversation has been, okay, at what age do you start introducing kids into video games? And I think every parent fucks that up. I think the 
correct approach is, okay, video games are obviously not going anywhere until our kind of uh, Cyberpunk 2020 Fallout-style Apocalypse Future happens and video games go away for a little while because there's no power to play them on or with, I guess. But y- you have to address the issue of, okay, what do you do with the fact that kids are not getting their hands on games? And I-, I know all of us growing up, maybe you were actually a little bit ahead of this one, Henry, by a couple of years, but there were way too many kids playing games they should not have had access to at that point in time. Like the ESRB oh, yeah. ratings at, 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 through the 90s and early 2000s were a fucking joke when it came to stores. Well, the the problem was you would parents would just come in yeah. and very uncritically, and they still do, let's just say they still do, and critically pick up any game for their kid, even when the store person is telling them, you know this is not for kids, right? Yeah. And I and I've known just like multiple cases of people that have gone to a store and like the store person straight up sees them with a kid and the kid's like I want this game. The parents just like all right, I want this. Let's buy this game. And the person's like, you know, this isn't for kids, right? Like this is super not for kids. Yeah. Like Call of Duty, you shouldn't be buying Call of Duty for your eight year old. There are two. I think the worst ones Grand Theft Auto. Honestly, there are way too many kids that play Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I'll I'll know which is worse, honestly, Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto, as far as giving to a child. Yeah, we're not going to figure that one out ever. Yeah, I I think it's, this feels like the right step in the direction of how do we solve this topic, or how do we kind of, you know, work with this topic, because it's not going away. Like, acting like, okay, we don't have to get good at making video games for kids, or at least make games for kids to keep them away from games that they are not and should not be playing, or not not prepared to and should not be playing for a whole myriad of reasons. Like, there's a reason you don't take kids to see the movie Saw until they're ready. Yeah. It can be a bit much for a developing mind. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So, I mean, I think this is, I think that's good, honestly. I think it's a good move. I think it's savvy as well as good, but also good. Yeah. Well, and while we're talking about Epic, uh, I think it was last week we talked about how Apple was alleging that Fortnite was a dying game and you should stop caring about Epic. Uh, I think as the kids are saying these days, Epic got out there and clapped back at Apple saying, yeah, we're fine. Yeah, Fortnite, yeah, as we, as we guessed, it's like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, they might have lost that many users, but that actually means literally nothing. Yeah, I think our hypothesis of what of what they were kind of talking about, but trying to spin it in a certain way, was pretty spot on. Based on what I've read around this topic, it kind of seems to boil down to, yeah, no, yes, most people uninstall the game, but that's true for every app ever. Also, you're not the profitable platform to play this thing on. Absolutely, you're the thing you throw yeah. at a kid on a car ride. Yep. Where to go from here? You want to talk about Blizzard, Alex? You ready to talk about Blizzard? Sure, let's talk about Blizzard. All right, so it was announced that Blizz Online, this year's version of BlizzCon, so I guess technically next year's version of BlizzCon, because it's happening in February 2021, is mm-hmm. a thing. It's going to be online, as the name implies. Uh, so, first of all, it's BlizzCon Line. I don't. There's no. St- there's no second O-N in that sentence. Well, no, it's BlizzConline. I hate everything. Put some respect in your voice! No, it's BlizzCon. BlizzCon I refuse to respect it. 
Put some respect on my name when you say So I, I expect them to announce Overwatch 2 and uh, well, Diablo be... 3 again. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah. going to reassure us that indeed Fortnite, not Fortnite, I was going to say they made Fortnite, that Overwatch is still a thing we should be playing. Yeah. Well, don't worry. it's going to be an Overwatch 2, guys. Yeah. Never mind the fact that we can't balance Overwatch 1 to save our fucking lives. Right. Here's part two. And uh, they'll be announcing uh, uh, new HOTS. Heroes of the Storm. Yeah. Two. Following in the footsteps of Dota, the Dota 2, we've announced Heroes of the Storm 2. It's the same game. This time it's made by Ice Frog. We can't legally call it Heroes of the Storm. It's just called <laughs> HOTS 2. I feel, I feel like, I just thought of this, and maybe it's fucked up in a way, but, like, you know how, like, Hots and the Hearthstone fiasco with Blitzchung and all that stuff, and the weird rules they made for Warcraft 3 Reforged and all that? What if you made a map called Tiananmen Square in Warcraft 3, and Blizzard technically owns Tiananmen Square? As a map, you think they would acknowledge it? I have no clue on this one. <laughs> I just figured they tried to censor the shit out of it. But anyway, I, I thought you'd get flagged for you'd get flagged. I'm pretty sure, and or the game might not even make that name. Where it's like, this is a culturally insensitive thing to name something. Probably, yeah. Um, but yeah, BlizzCon line, February 19th to the 20th. It'll be past the time that Shadowlands is released. I. Think putting it after Shadowlands is a interesting choice on their part. I yeah. I think it's a weird. To be honest with you, considering the way Shadowlands development's going, I, it's it, it's a weird time. And like in a way, if they do it online, it makes sense for them because they can control any outrage of stuff going on currently. I think considering last year how they had some people, the fact that like at their own convention you had people make fun of them about the shit they say. Uh, maybe well, there's I don't a lot know. to make fun of last year, but well, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. They, I mean, it's so vague. They haven't talked about anything. I know they talked about some contest stuff and like pet cosplay and things like that. But as far as like actual content, content, like I don't see anything. They have announced or anything at oh, all. Oh, they haven't announced anything really for what the hell this thing is. Yeah, they have been asking people for entries on stuff. So, I yeah. and I mean that by like, hey, here's a talent spotlight. Here's a digital storytelling contest, an art contest, a cosplay contest, stuff like that. I mean, which is usual blizzcon stuff you know that they would have so let me put my cynical charlie brain on for this one because i do have a cynical charlie brain theory so i think that this makes it way easier to control exactly like you said what goes on at this thing but more importantly you're not gonna see blizzcon ever again after this you think i think that if this is in their minds as effective as blizzcon was i think blizzcon is becoming an increasingly risky endeavor for them because of, well, you know, it's hard to control people when they're in mass, but if they're stuck at home behind their screens, all they can do is comment in Twitch chat and write angry articles. 
it's a lot harder to make the company look bad publicly to a bunch of random passerbys. I maybe you'll see a couple other ones, but if this thing actually does what Blizzard wants to have happen, BlizzCon's not coming back. I think a lot of things like that aren't coming back as people are realizing that this is just a easier, b cheaper. I'm kind of betting this thing winds up being a paid-to-access event, kind of like they tried doing with Star Citizen a couple of years ago, because there's already there's already the precedent for the BlizzCon online pass thing. I, yeah, they're, they're gonna make you pay to watch Twitch streams. I'm willing to bet. You know what I'm also thinking that maybe all right, uh, I'll talk about it when we get into the next news, but I think that may be a reason for the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, now that I think about it, I can see where you're you're coming from with that one. Because then, yeah, you can definitely control the narrative and stuff like that. Yeah. As far as like, oh, you guys don't have phones and things like that. Yeah, I, like, you can avoid yeah. a Diablo Immortal. For sure. Yeah. 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 You could. Which you is can... funny. Like, it's funny that like a year ago, or not even like two years ago. Like, you would go to BlizzCon and nobody there would criticize Blizzard into their faces about it. Mm-hmm. And now you have people who've said stuff out loud to them and the audience fucking agrees with them at your own convention? Holy yeah. shit, yeah. I, think, uh, I yeah. think this is a natural... Yeah, it's the natural progression of these things. Like, And if this thing even sticks around, that will be a thing. Like, I think it's... They're not going to shut down WoW anytime, so that thing, that thing still prints its own money kind of thing. But we've talked about on this podcast before the idea that, like, how long is Blizzard Activision still a thing before it's just Activision again? And I think maybe we're drifting in that direction sooner than people thought we were. I don't think Blizzard's going to go away, but it's just going to be part of Activision, and it's going to be one of the game studios inside of Activision at that point. Like, uh, it pretty much is yeah, at like this it's, point. I'm gonna say it's almost ninety percent already yeah. that. Like the last game, yeah. the last game Blizzard made was Overwatch, and Overwatch did really well, but also it had that weird Activision esports tendrils just all fucking over that thing. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you also like given like the the stuff that's been going on with Blizzard in yeah. general, it doesn't surprise me that like Activision is getting more and more into. That I mean, considering all the stories that have come out in like Kotaku and all that with the shit that's been going on with their company, like not just not just the game decisions they've made yeah. that have affected the players and the fans and all that stuff, but the way they actually treat their employees is a whole nother like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's 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 this is kind of me probably just kind of hype up, kind of theorizing at this point, like. The benefit of having the Blizzard name is you have this nostalgia for it, and you have this kind of goodwill. The issue is, once that goodwill starts to sour, and it indeed has soured, like, I I know you two like Overwatch a lot more than I do, but, like, the last thing Blizzard made that I genuinely liked was maybe Diablo 4, but really was World of Warcraft. Like, I should have been all on board for that Warcraft 3 master they fucking fucked the pig on. I never got into Heroes of the Storm, so I've been kind of off the Blizzard train for a while. And by the time Overwatch came out, it's like this game is so cool. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, it's just another fucking like it's a hero shooter. Like, I'm I'm not into this, but it's made by Blizzard, so it's better. Yeah, it's the best hero shooter made, but I'm already done with this as a game type kind of thing. It's, and I think I with what happened with the Diablo stuff, you've now had 
a couple kind of not so great WoW expansions under their belt. Um, you're starting to see kind of that the ride or die people starting to fall off it kind of thing. There's other stuff that's taking up the space of what Blizzard is about, and Blizzard's not adapting to it well. Like, fuck, they're the only paid MMO out there that I know of at this point in time. Yeah. That uses a traditional paid MMO yeah, model? Yeah, subscription model. Yeah, and I, it's one of those things where it's the... I don't inherently object to that as a model for games, but also the fact there is not a free-to-play mode for WoW is baffling to me. And I know there's technically options and meh, 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 but... The fact there's no, like, yeah, we'll give you the shittier version of this game for free, that continues to be a choice that baffles me. I think the answer, the reason they haven't done that is the amount of people willing to continue paying a monthly subscription for that game is fucking zero. We're very close to it. Mm. Even if it was like, yeah, so if you have, like, I'm not sure what the free-to-play version of that game would be because I'm not really totally sure what you're getting out of that game for a paid subscription except kind of more timely content, but also based on what you've said, you've not been a fan of the content for this expansion. Like, post-Legion, and even, like, towards the end of Legion, you were like, yeah, this could use some work and could be better, and... And going up into Shadowlands, you've also been kind of, uh... Yeah, I'm not sure where they're going for this. Like, the most positive stuff you've sent my way are the, like, vignette things that are definitely cool, but also I watch and go, oh, that fucking game is. Yeah. This is like it's, this is a no, like, these characters will be in the game, sure, but like this won't be your interactions with them. This is far more epic than anything that will be in this game. Like I went back for Battle of Azeroth, and I'm like, right, this game markets itself unbelievably well, and then you play it and go, right, I'm killing boars. <laughs> yep. Yep. But that's enough on that. Let's talk about Dreamhaven. Dreamhaven? What's that? It's the new studio from Blizzard boss. Mike forgot to include his last name, so give me a second. Mike Find Morheim? It. Mike Morheim. Yes, thank you. Yeah. By the and way... And it's pretty oh. much just Blizzard, because a lot of the former Blizzard people are coming over as, like, senior, you know, senior developers and stuff. Like, like so. so many, I'm amazed they're legally allowed to. So, like... Yeah. And, and not just Dreamhaven, but, like, when you look at, like, where a lot of these Blizzard people have left, like, a lot senior Blizzard staff have gone to, they've either come to Dreamhaven, they're either at um, Ben Brode's new studio as well, who was mm-hmm. the Hearthstone guy for a while, or they're at another studio that's also run by another freaking, like, a senior official from uh, Blizzard. Like, they're all hemorrhaging. Blizzard is hemorrhaging their senior staff at this point. For yeah. sure, I, I'd go so far as to say they're hemorrhaging what made them Blizzard. Like it, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it's the age-old question of like how how much of a company can you shell out before it's just the name of that company kind of coasting at that point. Yeah, we're not Nike. We're we're Schnikey. No, you're still yeah. Nike, but like it's <laughs> just keep believing new, we're Nike, not just do it. Yeah, yeah. New new game coming out from from Dreamhaven. Uh. Planet of Battlecraft. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, uh, Blurthstone. Yeah. I was gonna say Girthrock, but that sounds better. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's just, it really is just a lot of what made Blizzard. So, Blizzard, I, I do one, I'm looking at some of their career openings. Of you as I was curious, 
And for one thing, they looks like they're going to be leaning into some, at least some networking multiplayer stuff, because that's who they're hiring. Which again, <laughs> use a phrase I like using too much now. That seems a little sus. <laughs> and also, hilariously, where they're going to be based is basically right beside Blizzard. Yeah. <laughs> they're right and they can basically just like open their window and yell, hey guys, come over here. We're literally better. Yeah. Uh, it's so, well, and like, there's only one art, art, art image officially out there now. It's just it's announcing Dreamhaven, and man, if this isn't the most World of Warcraft looking two looking thing I've ever fucking seen in an art still before, I don't know what is. Like this is what you'd assume World of Warcraft two's initial announcement ter- poster would look like. It's like, oh yeah, that is what the sequel to World of Warcraft should look like. There should be lighthouses and like colonial era ships. Yeah, and maybe planes. Also, actually, I have some breaking news on this. Looks like they're announcing a new game already. Um, It's a MOBA-type game called Champions of the Hurricane. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Jesus. Okay, so, okay, in serious news, though, um, on this... So one of the interesting things about the Dreamhaven thing, and one of the things he talked about in his interview is that he doesn't like the idea of having to kind of report to a higher up as far as it goes in terms of the direction of the company and things like that. He actually What, you about- mean the reasons everyone who used to be an independent game studio that got bought by a, big, by a bigger thing ultimately leaves yeah. and goes and forms other independent fucking game studio after they're yeah. stupid rich? Oh god, the reasons anyone does everything! Right? But see, like, the fun part, though, about this one is he's got money, and him and his wife are bankrolling the company right now. Yeah. I hope it works out for them, but yes. They're not reaching out for other investors or anything, as far as I know right now. They're completely bankrolling their own company right now. I have seen that go south in the past, so I hope it works out for him. But yeah, no, Mm -hmm. he has enough fuck you money to do exactly what the fuck he wants. Oh, he absolutely does. We, we were joking uh, before we started recording the podcast, but like, if this is how we get Titan, and that, by that I don't mean like what Overwatch is now, but I'm talking like actual Titan or whatever the fuck that MMO was supposed to be, I am so fucking on board to check out another not-quite-Blizzard game. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It'd be curious to see. I mean, like I said, like, um, so I was, there's a guy on YouTube I watch fairly often. Um, his name was Belluar. He's a lot of industry and stuff news that he also covers a lot of Blizzard stuff. Sure. And I guess he had spoke to somebody who works at Blizzard and kind of like, you know, all the articles you hear about the morale of the company and Activision getting their stuff. We've talked about at length on this thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I know people always talk about how it's not like confirmed for sure and all that, but he's like, no, that guy said it's a hundred percent true. Tons of the senior staff are just flat out leaving or planning to leave in the near future. Like it's not, not surprising at all that you have like the fact that Dreamhaven is not just a new company started by the guy who used to be the president CEO of Blizzard, but also is bankrolling it himself in Irvine is no fucking coincidence. Like, oh yeah, no, it's a it's a power yeah. move that again I go back to. I'm amazed he's legally allowed to do this. Like this is this is both what you want to see, but also don't get to see because. A variety of non compete clauses happen. Maybe they'll have some tricky way of getting around that. But yeah, like. We've been, it feels like we've been talking for years about just kind of the 
what makes Blizzard Blizzard people just hemorrhaging out of that company at accelerated rates. Well, I think too. Also, like I mean, maybe some of the senior staffers weren't tied down with those kind of clauses yeah. as it compared to now. So maybe some of the newer people might be, but some of the the seasoned vets of Blizzard oh, probably I could, don't have those. I, I could imagine a bunch of those folks predate or have stuff explicitly in their contracts because no one could have fucking predicted where we're at now. Back in what, like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when the two companies merged, kind of thing. Where we'd be at now, kind of thing, like. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it, we all had our fears because Activision, but also I don't think any of us were like, yeah, this is where we'll be at in 2020. Mm. I, I look forward to this one. This one could be a kind of cool thing. I also look forward to their um their, their first game, which is going to be known as uh, Spaceships Wraith, <laughs> featuring a uh, red-haired uh, stealth protagonist of some kind who fights uh aliens of two types that have not mouths but kind of fancy scarf life things that use like a psychic like energy and also giant bug monsters along with the kind of fractured future of humanity out in the stars <laughs> yep completely original uh original characters OC dude how fucking boss would it be if they just put out Starcraft Wraith <laughs> for Starcraft <laughs> Ghost is their first game like you, you it's like it's like it was Activision stopping us it's been done for years yep yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I wonder how much a division this is going to throw into the sort of the the fandom in general of Blizzard. You know, like who's who's still going to be like ride or die for the Blizzard name versus I, the people that are actually made Blizzard a thing. So I, I'm curious. I, I think it's one of those ones where. If what they're working on is indeed an MMO or capable of competing in an MMO space, then that's the thing, right? I, it's. I apologize if I offend you on this one, Alex. Because I'm not needing to. I, I'm speaking as general, kind of about the WoW community as a whole. I think a very large percentage of that community, a lot of their identity, kind of, and friend groups are so locked up in that game at this point that the idea of stopping WoW means a major shift in kind of their social circles. Like, the idea of getting that many people to go try another game of any kind kind of thing is the problem. If you finally make something that's actually capable of actually challenging that, and it's kind of maybe impossible, but also if WoW keeps shooting itself in the foot increasingly more possible, like, it's... The reality is, like, the last great MMO to come out was WoW in some ways. There's been other good MMOs, but nothing on that same kind of all-encompassing scale. Like, Black Desert Online maybe could have done it, except for the fact that that game is a free-to-play exploitive nightmare. Like, as someone who dabbles in lots of MMOs out of curiosity, there's nothing as good as WoW out there still. Like, it's there's a reason that game is endured. It's the best MMO kind of ever made to a certain extent. And also, it's got the hooks at this point that keep you going. Yeah, well, I suppose... I don't know. I didn't like it. I've preferred many other yeah. MMOs over it. Like, I, I still play uh, I still play uh, Terra, and even though it's changing over to new ownership, I, yeah, which has been a real weird thing. Yeah. And I'm not saying that. it's the best for everyone. I'm just saying from kind of a, like, success of an MMO standpoint, nothing has come close to even challenging WoW in the it's-where-your-friends-are type of place. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, 
WoW Classic is doing well for a reason. It's because it lets you have those same friends and the nostalgia of the better version of World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. All right, so this is a pretty good week for us not having a bunch of shit news. We do have one piece of shit news we got to get through, and it's an update from, I believe we talked about this last week, uh, but Michelle Ansel, the, I guess, creative head attached to Beyond Good and Evil, uh, his departure might not be as mysterious as we initially reported on it being, and we only reported it being mysterious because we had no confirmations yet, so... Yeah, it appears that that whole internal investigation that keeps, surprise, surprise, uh, shooting a bunch of people in the foot over at Ubisoft may be the reason for this one. And by May, we say, yeah, it is. And the fact he kind of got on social media and was like, it's not a problem. People should suck it the fuck up. This is why we're at where we're at. Yep. So, yeah, apparently he was under investigation, but... He did quit on his own. He wasn't straight up fired. But, yeah. But, you know, when you're working on a game of that size, you don't just kind of quit the way he did. Like, I think it was a... He was seeing the kind of writing on the wall, as it were, that... Ubisoft decided that they weren't afraid to fire people who had been there a long time, that they weren't afraid to fire executive-level people. And I think he saw that and was like, well, I guess I could be fired, so I should probably quit before that happens. Yeah, and jokes aside, like an unprecedented move, Ubisoft at least demonstrates willing to do the right thing at this point in time with some frequency. They keep doing the wrong thing going along with the right thing, but at least when it comes to getting rid of, you know, the problem, they've done a pretty good job on that topic. Yeah, they've been firing leadership, and he was under investigation for it as well. So, I mean, I think this was really a matter of he was just trying to not get fired. Like, he just wanted to beat them to the punch before they actually fired him. That's the way it comes off. And I... I, it sounds to me that's the case. He saw that, hey, Ubisoft actually might fire you. They aren't afraid of it anymore. They aren't afraid of getting rid of people who've been there a while or at an executive level people and leaders, leadership in general. So, yeah, that's really what it seems like yeah. to me. So, But, yeah, I mean, yeah, just an update on that. But, yeah, I'm, I think the... Suspicions are correct. But now to bring you back up with some happy news, uh, the Tribeca Film Festival will also now have a Games Award part. Tribeca Film Festival is a very important and very interesting film festival. I think it's just, for me, another sign that video games are increasingly being seen by, as art by both just in general mainstream, but as well as sort of like, I'd say, well, the Tribeca Film Festival is aimed at a more hardcore film, you know, cinema, you know, person who loves cinema. And seeing as thou, they're also recognizing it, I think is a big move. Yeah, regardless of what your thoughts on kind of award shows are and kind of the festivals are, recognition of this type is a good thing overall. Yeah. I look forward to the uh, John Carmack Award. 
Yeah. <laughs> and the accompanying tweet that goes along with it. I think uh, one of the people that they are collabing with is Hideo Kiju. Yeah, the, so I'm, I'm trying to find the actual list. They announced the judging board for it. It's a pretty good list of people. Yeah, it's I, I found it now. It's so... um. And, and yeah. I love the way it's reported on this, where it's Death Stranding creator Hideo Kojima. <laughs> Remedy creative director Sam Lake, former EA chief executive, um, Ben Gordon? Yeah. Yeah, the game, and the Game Awards producer Jeff Keighley, and Halo Transmedia and Entertainment head Kiki Wolfkill. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that last name right. That's a cool ass last name. Yeah, it's. They're kind of the heads of this, if you will. But most importantly, we have uh, Death Stranding creator Hideo Kojima at the helm of this nightmare. <laughs> Death Stranding and no other popular games that he's No other with. popular games! No! Not at all! Yeah. Um, also included on the board are a couple of filmmakers. Yeah. Nia DaCosta, uh, director of the upcoming horror movie Candyman, and John Favreau, which is interesting. Uh, he's as you know, he's the person who kind of directed the new Iron Man movies. He's also the showrunner is... on The Mandalorian, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes, he is. So that's that's interesting. I think that's also an interesting pick to be on the board. But yeah, this is... Of the yeah. three of us, am I the only one excited for a new Candyman movie? I think it could be good. I, yeah, I like I like the original, and I'd like to see what they do to, you know... Brand new story, remake the whole thing. See, see what would see what they do with it. Yeah, most I just want them to add Candyman to Dead by Daylight. Mmm, as a part of the tie-in for that. This Candyman is a legit villain. <laughs> yeah, with a interesting story. That's doesn't. That's not a villainous story. Why he's a villain? One of the better ones out there, actually. Yeah, if you're looking for a truly underappreciated kind of slasher era-esque horror franchise. Fucking go check out Candyman. Yes, I know I've said Candyman five times in this podcast now. He's right behind you, listeners. He's sticky and coming for you! That's how you summon Candyman. That that was a horrible description of having him show up. Like, The dude is covered (laughs) in honey, literally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why also, like, if you look at a lot of the storylines for the Various killers on Dead by Daylight, they all have kind of suitably tragic storylines yeah. as to why they kind of became a vengeful ghost. Yeah. They need to bring some of the ghosts from 13 Ghosts as part of the cast. They do not. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. What do you mean? Those are ghosts are pretty fucking gnarly. We already have the Wraith. We don't need more. Uh, yep. Fine. I don't like the ghost characters. Their mechanics are, we go invisible! And I'm like, okay, that's that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Candyman. Yeah. I'm going to kill you in the long run with diabetes. So, have you actually ever seen any of the movies? <laughs> no. Because that's totally okay. a thing they would say in the movies. <laughs> like, <laughs> Am I dead? Is that what's going to happen now? Uh, no, like I, I, <laughs> I'm trying to make sure I get the name correctly correct on this one for the actual. But they would they would honestly within the yeah. you know movie there is sort of a 
joking thing, the same thing, way that we tend to joke about, you know, the Bloody Mary stories or whatever your favorite mirror monster story is or calling monster story is. Yeah. They they joke about that within the movies. Joke about the character like, oh, no, that's not real. Oh. But, yeah. But, <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, but a part of his name is driven by that to a certain extent, too, but. We need to stop talking about Candyman. It's we have it freaking you out now. <laughs> no, no, I'm not afraid of no Candyman. You're not afraid of no Candyman, so you are afraid of Candyman. The same way I'm not afraid of ghosts. I'm not afraid of Candyman. <laughs> Growing up in the woods really kind of makes a lot of horror movies seem trivial to you. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, I grew up in the woods. This is like, this is indeed the woods. I know we've talked about this, but the first time my wife went back to where I grew up and saw, like, the woods I grew up in, she's like, holy shit, you grew up in a horror movie. I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) Nothing bad happened horror movie-esque, but, like, the setting was, man, so many people get murdered in these trees. I'm like, yeah, you could murder a lot of people in these trees. What happens if someone gets lost? They die. Fuck, Halloween in my neck of the woods had a mortality rate, like a baked-in mortality rate. That's terrifying. What the fuck? We never talked about the fact that Salem Halloween claims, like, lives every year? No. Oh, it's so uh, one of the towns I grew up near is Salem, Massachusetts, famous for witch burning and shit like that. And growing up, like, every single year on Halloween, people die in Salem. Not, like, mysteriously. Just There's, there's always a spike in the number in deaths that happen in Salem. And... This is not helped by the fact that the month leading up to the Halloween is this giant kind of month-long party that makes your friends that live in Salem disappear from your lives, essentially. Like, I already had friends I didn't talk to for all of October because it's like, yeah, no, you live in Salem, I get it. Like, we're not, I'm not going to see you. I'm not driving in to fucking visit your ass kind of thing. But, like, to put it in perspective, like, when only two or three people would die every year, you're like, oh, cool, it's a good year. Like, and then, But then you'd have ten, it's, it's ten, which are like, oh, okay, yeah, fuck it. Ten people dying in Salem on Halloween because of Halloween was not unheard of with some frequency. What the fuck? Like, yeah, it... Weird shit happened every fucking year on Halloween, and because it was Salem, people made a big deal of it and all types of weird shit. But, like, it's like, only two people died this year, and you're like, holy shit, it was a good year. Not to make light of tragedy of people dying, but, like, that could be its own fucking horror movie, too. The Curse of Halloween in Salem. Yeah. Moving on, Tokyo Game Show. The Tokyo Game Show is still technically ongoing, but they like to front load their whole thing, so you kind of know what's up with that stuff beforehand. Got a bunch of maybe not announcements, more information on things, I guess. Uh, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. We got some more look at that. It's again Zelda Dynasty Warriors. If you're into that thing. Yeah, looks kind of cool. Yeah, I, I well, like. It looks interesting. The, the Hyrule Dynasty Warriors I thought was pretty neat. I'm not sure this is so. technically that. I think this is in theory a prequel to. Well, it's a prequel to. It's supposed to take place a hundred years before Breath of the Wild. Yeah, storyline wise. So, but yeah, I think just the the concept of like instead of it being like a legend like Legend of Zelda game. And yeah. all that. It's like this crazy hyper fighter or hyper action game kind of thing. Makes it kind of cool. 
I'm trying to confirm this, but the website I'm looking at for these announcements is fucking borked, apparently. So, that's great. Moving on, we got more of a look at Monster Hunter Rise. It showed off some more what that game is going to be. I think we kind of called it more action-y Monster Hunter last week, and I feel like we're kind of leaning into that more this week. It still looks cool, but also, why not just put this in Monster Hunter World 2? <clears throat> so, is this, wait, is this coming to the Monster Hunter World? No, this is coming to there? the Switch. Oh. This is Switch Monster Hunter. Does World can't come to that. I fucking hope they put this stuff in the Monster Hunter World version, because it's some cool stuff. So Monster Hunter Rise is separate from Monster Hunter World in yep. terms of that? Yep. Really? Yep. Is it, And Monster Hunter Rise is only supposed to be the Switch? That's It's weird. only coming to the Switch right now, and it's got some kind of mobility stuff going on. Oh, uh, okay. That's still kind of jank, but okay. It sounds like you have a Diablo Immortal situation going on where some of the stuff that people saw in Diablo Immortal they asked for in Diablo 3, and they're like, nah, no. Yeah. It's not coming to that. It definitely has that vibe to it, unfortunately. Yeah, that sucks. Huh. Uh, Monster Hunter and the Nintendo have a weird relationship where, on one hand, it was kind of shitty when Monster Hunter jumped ship on them and left them to kind of rot a little bit because their consoles have kept that franchise alive in a way that it just didn't on mainstream stuff. But also, Monster Hunter World is the game that they could have made, I think, for the PS3 at one point and didn't. And definitely, it should have come out sooner than it did. But also, it finally came out, and holy shit, that game's great for Monster Hunter fans. So, I I don't know to this day what the correct move on that one was, but the, it definitely felt like at the time, Monster Hunter fans of Nintendo got the shaft and then some, and this is maybe a make nice, or maybe, who knows, yeah. Monster Hunter on the go is a beautiful thing. Hmm. Next up, near replicant version point oh sorry, one point two four seven four four eight seven one three nine. I hate everything. <laughs> it's coming to the West and in April twenty twenty one. It's just an upgraded version of a near replicant. Yep. <clears throat> That's it. Yep. So there's no there's no difference between the old near replicant and the new near replicant version one point two two four seven four four eight seven one three nine. Well, yeah, it'd be, it'd be called near replicant version two if it was a totally new thing, I think. But it's so it's like one of those half sequels, or rather, it's, not a half sequel, but a it's one fucking near being near. I, it's <laughs> I heck of a title. Yes. <laughs> I changed this podcast number to episode uh, 219.733219 Alpha Omega Dog Sign <laughs> Hashtag Slash Slash. Yeah, well, That's if anybody checks, anybody looking forward to playing Near Replicate version 8678309 or whatever? <laughs> I like how we keep saying it. Uh, yeah, I'm. I don't know. After Near Automata or Automata, have you fucking pronounced that game's title correctly? I, I'm good on Near for a little while, but I also know people fucking love the Near games and didn't necessarily play this. So, hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it looks cool. I just haven't had a chance to really 
dive into it playing to play it or anything. So, well, um, I I think it's one of those ones where the rest of the near franchise is not the most recent near game, and maybe that should worry some people. But who knows? Huh. They're good games, but they're not kind of the same thing by any measure. Yeah, this is a franchise that goes back. I've... The original Nier, I guess, is a very different game from Nier Automata. They are yeah. similar in a bunch of ways, but also, yeah. Yeah, it's a really <laughs> weird franchise in that it's not a whole lot of common in be- between any of them, basically. But also yeah. there's a continuing plot through all of them. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. and it, like, it seems to jump franchises. Like, what what came before Nier? It's a dr- thing about dragons or something? I think you're getting that mixed up with something else. I don't think I am, because it's that weird, but I, I might be. Yeah. There's, there's technically canonical stuff that predates Nier that's part of the Nier canon. But uh, You're talking about the Drakengar yes! series. Yes, I am. But yeah, that's, which, yeah, it's it's kind of in that universe. Uh, because that universe also has bran- weird branching stuff, too. Turns out uh, making yeah. a game with, like, 30 different endings means you can have a lot of things canonically tie into other games with 30 different endings. Yep. <laughs> what a shocker. I... Yes. Moving on from that, Dynasty Warriors 9 Empires. Announced for 2021, it appears to be, yes, another Dynasty Warriors game. It will feature hordes of enemies and hitting things with swords and other weapons. So very true to the franchise. I uh, These games sell is my understanding, and people fucking love them. At the same time, I would also be very curious to see what like a risky, controversial uh, Dynasty Warriors game would be at this point in time. Like, maybe one without Lubu, but... Maybe I feel like if they like if you wanted to try to go controversial, you make a mobile game version of it. But somehow I feel like it would work on mobile anyway. I thought they've made a mobile game version of it. Like I played that. I think they have. Like maybe a Dynasty Warriors MMO, but then you're just you've just made Black Desert Online. Yeah. Yes, the Muso lives on. Moving on from that, Balan's Wonder World, which is a creepy ass game. Or looking game, I guess. With uh, just, just Balan, just Balan Wonderworld. Sorry. Um, but yeah, it's the one by the people who are responsible for Sonic and Knights in the Dreams, which are both games that I really, really like. I still go back and play Knights in the Dreams on Steam. Do you like Balan's Wonderworld? Uh, Balan Wonderworld looks like a cool game. Yeah, I think I would definitely play it. So. They've announced more about what the mechanics are going to be like, so there's going to be sort of costumes that change your abilities. But the interesting thing that they also threw out is, all right, so the PlayStation 5's DualSense controllers are going to have force feedback that is within the buttons. Like, there'll be resistance, as well as, like, different levels of resistance against the buttons that are mechanical. And this game will apparently utilize those between the different costumes, so that there's a different feel for using the different abilities. So I think that's an interesting idea, utilizing those. Yeah, basically... If this game handle- becomes the tech demo for haptic feedback, I will be amazingly entertained. 
even angry, just highly entertained at that point. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be a pretty yeah. cool game. I mean, but yeah, I think I think that's interesting that they are talking about how they will actually take like utilize haptic feedback. So yeah, I haven't seen any other games discuss that yet. So yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of a it's hard to explain without showing people that, and no games have really shown off how that works just yet. So. Maybe yeah, yeah. kind of once you get your hands on it. Yeah. We got some more look at Cyberpunk 2077. God, I hope that game is good when it comes out, and my fears are not substantiated. It looks like it could be a cool game still. I don't know. It showed off more people. All right, uh, I'm going to burn through this quickly if we can. Uh, Resident Evil, there's some news that came out of that. They're looking for a Xbox One kind of PS4 release alongside Next Gen, so that'd be cool for people that aren't upgrading necessarily. We got some more looks at Resident Evil The Village as part of that as well, and I probably will feature more exploration than Resident Evil 7 did. We also got... Did we talk about Virgil, the new Devil May Cry, last week? Some? We did. Yeah. We did. Yeah, so he is coming to the PS4 and Xbox One versions via DLC, so congrats on that one, people that already own that game. That's pretty cool. We got our first look at Resident Evil Dark uh, Infinite Darkness, a Netflix show. It's going to be CG, so look forward to that, I guess. Coming next year. We got our first demo of the Kingdom Hearts game that's so near and dear to Alex's heart. Ah, <laughs> uh, new Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts Memory of uh, Sorry, Melody of Memory. And they're all still kids. Yep. I wish I could laugh at this again, but I don't think I can. <laughs> yeah. We got some more looks at um at what's it called Scarlet Nexus, which I still don't know what the fuck that game is necessarily, but it looks it's it's still like it looks like a sequel to Code Vein. Maybe more actiony. Who knows. We got more of a look at Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remastered! Oh my god. <laughs> it's such a good game. I mean, such a good it's, game. it's super difficult. Like, uh, as far as RPGs go, it's an actually difficult RPG in a sort of an era where it seems like any RPG you can just fly through them, you're in so, no real because danger. Because of that, this they game, announced no, they're adding Merciful Mode. Yep. Yep, for people that can't take the hardness that is Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. Yep. So, we talked about Nier. Um, well, this is a mobile oh. Nier reincarnation, which will be a mobile spin-off title. Oh, God, so, they're going but, full Kingdom Hearts with Nier, but that actually makes sense for Nier. <laughs> yeah, but yep, so you're, you're, we're getting a mobile spin-off, but yeah, not much has been revealed on called it. D- so. Called a Nier reincarnation. So... Yeah, we got. Uh, we Nino actually got our getting... first real look at Nino Kuni Cross Worlds as part of this, uh, channeling that Ghibli style hard. Yep, we got a more of a look at uh, Medium, which I know. Is, uh, do we make fun of that game a bunch, or the internet make fun of it for us? Uh... It's an upcoming horror game where you swap between Hell Dimension and Spooky Haunted. Oh yeah, that's dimension. right. Yeah. I'm not sure whose press conference it showed up at, but it was like, yep, this is a game that's 
happening, I guess. They showed off much of the sound design for it, so... Yeah. Alright, my favorite thing was they are going to add kind of more Japan World Update stuff to Microsoft Flight Simulator. There's a bunch of announcements. Go check them out if you want the full breakdown of it. Um, yeah. It's Tokyo Game Show. It's mostly yeah. kind of a time to show off kind of more polished versions of things that are coming out soon or are very specific to the Asian market at this point. But there's some there's cool stuff everywhere still. Gigabash looks cool. Yeah. I like it because it's giant, giant monsters and like that you know the giant hero giant monster fighting tournament game which i'd say is about due yeah i mean honestly like the big kaiju battles yeah, and... i think the last good one was like godzilla destroy all monsters or something for the gamecube yeah so it's been a while so that i think that sounds fun but yeah We're not done with Expos just yet this week. We're going to talk. So we, uh, it was happening last weekend, but they were kind of do, spreading stuff out throughout the weekend, so we didn't feel quite like covering it at that point in time. But the uh, Devs of Color Expo happened. There was a whole direct. A lot of the stuff got front-loaded the first day. There are too many games for us to kind of go into a variety of them here in detail, but you should definitely go check this out. There's some neat stuff coming out of it. And how it's for you, Henry? I suspect you spent more time looking at this than I did, ultimately. Um, hmm. I mean, I haven't had a chance to check out too many of the games, but uh, you, there's a lot. There's like 14 demos yeah. that you can check out on Steam. That's probably the biggest deal, actually, yeah. So, yeah, you can go out on Steam and download several of the demos. That Those are all available, and I think, like, I, I like... Love Shore by a developer, uh, Perfect Garbage. I think that one sounds cool. Um, Mystic Pillars is it's puzzle game, and I like puzzle games. <laughs> I've I've been a big fan of puzzle games. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of cool stuff here. Uh, Solar State. I like the kind of design of it. I think it looks neat. Uh, yeah. Honestly, there's, but also they also included traditional board games, so you can check out some, uh, some nice looks at some really cool board games as well. And yeah, I occasionally play a board game. I've mentioned that so, and I also play Tabletop Simulator, which is just board games. <laughs> so yeah, indeed. I think that's so. That's just game game devs of color expo dot com, and you can check out all the games there and yeah, go on steam and check out the demos. So that's cool. And following up now from a couple weeks ago, when we talked about lab zero, we have the announcement of future club, the sequel to lab zero, everyone left lab zero and now form their own studio. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. And I think the interesting thing about this is they've announced straight from the beginning Future Club is a co-op studio. It's cooperatively cooperatively owned, so it will be worker-owned co-op. And that is built into the structure of its of it. So I like that idea. I've mentioned that before. I like the idea of co-op game studios. I think that's actually the way to go. But also, yeah. It's yeah, it's Basically, loads of people that came over from, you know, that left Lab Zero because of obvious reasons that we know, that we've already yeah. 
gone into detail about. But yeah, I think it sounds good. I definitely I'd be interested in playing their games because that's the thing. I like I played Skullgirls. I haven't gotten a chance to play Indivisible, though I've been really interested in that. But now less so since Future Club's just going to be making games. So, yeah, I'm going to be look, kind of keeping an eye on them and seeing what they make. I first look forward to uh, Skeleton Women, the sequel to Skullgirls. That cannot be called the same thing for obvious legal reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, happy that the studio made some just amazingly cool-looking games and just some amazingly cool games overall, so I'm glad they're keeping some of that going. Yeah. It's a good name, Future Club. But the most important news of the week is now, by the way, and it is that Virtual Fighter is coming back, boys. You were? Finally a new Finally a new one. Finally a new Virtual Fighter. Sega! In all their benevolent mastery of all things good. And owning of Sonic. We're not going to talk about that right now because I said good things. They have announced Virtual Fighter. East X Esports, I guess, is the working title right now. There's no official thing. We saw no gameplay footage. We saw nothing of real value except, yo, remember Virtual Fighter and then a shot of it's been so long I'm forgetting character names, but iconic virtual fighter guy that's totally not Ryu standing with his back to you and then turning real quick. Is it Akira yeah. or something like that? Yeah, it's Akira. I think it's Akira, yeah. Yeah. I did not play Akira. I played, um, it was just called Drunken Master in the first few games. Have you ever got a real name after that? I don't remember. But, yeah, no, I... It's we were talking about this kind of before the podcast. We had some kind of vague ideas that there'd been a more recent virtual fighter than there actually had been, and no, no, there has not been. Uh, it's those who with virtual mobile. Hmm? There've been mobile games, yeah. but that's not the same. Yeah, uh, virtual fighter is uh, in the fighting game community. You kind of have a weird topic because it is, at least in some of our minds, still the best fighting game franchise ever. Nothing quite ever played like Virtual Fighter. There's a speed and a weight and an impact to it that no other games did. Uh, yeah. Unlike other games in Virtual Fighter, the matches were unbelievably quick, kind of like they'd be actual fights. Like This was not a game about getting impaled and shot with fireballs and thrown through roofs and then kind of standing back up. This was a game about taking a very quick five-hit combo and getting your ass knocked the fuck out. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, you talk about the weight and the feel of it. Yeah. That's one thing I feel like, for instance, was missing from Tekken. It feel like everybody's made of paper yeah. and plastic in Tekken. It's like nobody has any weight. You, like, kick somebody and they, like, do flips in the air and fall down. It's like, what? Yeah, it, it, Virtual Fighter, it feels like moves have proper impact. So yeah, the, the, the... More, at least, you know, more proper impact. If, there's a feel to it. A yeah. heavier feel. The, the Virtual Fighter franchise kind of sustains itself on the fact that, like, despite being... What, what do we figure out how long it's been since the last one? Like, 10 years at least? 14. Yeah, 14. Like, mm. despite that time span, the last one still feels good. Not as good as, like, the early on ones. Like, the the first Virtual Fighter is still one of the best fighting games ever made, period, kind of thing. That's how good that franchise is. Mm. It's also like I think hands down the first 
definitely the first good, but maybe the first one period 3D fighter. Like that 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 franchise was doing that stuff correctly back when Street Fighter was having a hard time figuring out how to make a sequel kind of thing. Yeah. They're real good. Yeah. Go check them out. They're still in arcades all across the US and other places. Like fuck, they're they're still around in Japan in arcades. That's how popular they are. Mm-hmm. And that we've been this long without a sequel is a goddamn crime. Uh, no real information beyond that except Yo Virtual Fighter and me going Yeah Virtual Fighter. Yeah, that's about. It. And I'm reading here the last like update to the Virtual Fighter franchise that you could play it in a Yakuza game. Like that was the last official Virtual Fighter release, technically. <laughs> that tracks. Yeah, that sadly tracks. Well, that does it for news this week, which means it's time for email. Email? Yes. I know yes, I've, been, I've been gone a while, so I'm curious to see what some of these messages are. Uh... We saved two, because I thought you'd want to be here for the two we got from Jeff, and this one's kind of addressed to you two, so I didn't feel right doing that without y'all. So <laughs> if you want to contact us, the best way of going about doing that is to contact us at uh, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Again, wickedawesomecast at uh, gmail.com. What's that email again, Alex? Uh, it's uh, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. And a third time, Henry, or whatever count it is. Wicked, uh, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Indeed. This one comes in from Anonymous. And it's only aged better, I think, since this got sent in a couple weeks ago. Again, Apologies between the fires and kind of make sure everyone is here. These things have sat a little bit, so not that we don't enjoy getting the emails, but we don't always get to them in a timely manner because outside factors. <sighs> no deer, which hurts. Uh, Charlie seems to have a weird fascination with space games, but not like cool ones, like the soul-crushing blue-collar space games where you do all stuff like haul supplies and cut spaceships apart. Alex and Henry, you both know him socially. Is he like secretly some huge space nerd? Who? I I think that's not so secret. I, yeah. I mean, all right. You run a you run an R a tabletop RPG campaign that is in space. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, let's see. Let me think. What else? Is kind of like well, uh, so. On... While you're mulling this over, I think the more important part is I kind of always assumed sim games are a Henry thing, but increasingly I'm not so sure I th- why I think that. <laughs> I don't even play that many sim games. I think we talked about Farming Simulator once, and it stuck. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the only one I really play. I mean, I've thought about other sim games like. Honestly, Roller Coaster Tycoon would be one I'd be interested in playing, but yeah. Mm. Uh, mm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, no, no. For for those of us that know Charlie well, no. It, it tracks. It super tracks for me. I don't fucking care about space. I care about sci-fi. Yeah, it's... It... I mean, you, you care about... A, you still care about a game that's never coming out. Yeah, it's This true. is true. I downloaded Star Citizen again. Of course you <laughs> fucking I played did. it this week. Of course you <laughs> fucking did. Forgot to mention that. Because you were kind of ashamed. Yeah, I forgot. I'm like horribly dangerous. 
I watched Plus, some videos where people were trying to compare the two, and I'm like, right, I've played Star Citizen. Let's see what the fuck's up with that. And I'm like, right, this game is still a nightmare. <laughs> Plus all the, uh... You're the only person who still actively keeps up with news regarding that fucking space economic game. Fuck is it called? The giant ships? That MMO? EVE Online? There you go, EVE Online. So... I like the yeah. wars. It's, it's such a fascinating game to follow. Yeah. Got a passionate player base that's always borderline RP, which I enjoy. Makes mm-hmm. keeping up with that easy. Well, thank you for writing in. So I will send this to you two afterwards. It's a very long email, but we, uh, we have Jeff's official response to our slander of the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Oh, <laughs> can you not just read it all? It is a very long email. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like I feel like we're depriving Whoa. the listeners to this email by not reading it now. Hang on, I'm, I'm, you I'm zooming you in my... Hi- you can't hype it up and then I am, not I, I'm zooming it. in my monitor to get a better view on this so I do this bullshit justice. Okay. Hello, fuckers. Who doth disturb my slumber? Last week, Kingdom Hearts came up in the listener in the listener's mail, and whether or not I liked it. Now, as for Kingdom Hearts series, I have actually played a decent amount of the offshoot games in addition to the numbered ones, as I have been. I have played Birth by Sleep. God, reading these things feels like typos. They're mobile games, and the abortion that is the PS2 port of Chain of Memory. Uh, Chain of Memories. I gave up and watched a summary video to get the rest of the plot. Plot seriously, that game is so bad that, and all I need, all you need to know is that Sora lost his memory and, and God, this is horrible to read. Namine, Namey. Literally, it's N A M I N E is the name of something. I think. Namie. Sure. Is that whoever that is is to blame. And uh, Name is a reflection of Kari's heart slash soul or something uh, something stupid. Okay, done. There, now. Okay, done. There, now. Now on every other... Now, no one has ever... Jeff, please capitalize your next email so I know when these sentences (laughs) break. Now, no one has ever... Now, no one has... no, No one ever has to play that game again. Okay, cool. The uh, maybe got a bunch of cards imported by accident. I don't fucking know. This email's weird. The only really canon game I missed was three five eight divided by two days or three hundred fifty eight over two days. I don't know how to pronounce that one either. And I didn't play the bonus content on the remakes. And I have watched uh, summary videos to fill in the, my own gaps. So I'm pretty much up to speed on the whole plot. I actually only just beat Kingdom Hearts three. A handful of weeks ago, and as someone that has invested in the series, I found myself very happy with the game. Fair enough. Uh, they expanded the uh, the capability of the combat by adding alternative weapons and environmental attacks, environment attacks, which really added to the game. The gummy ship combat uh, going uh, going open would be awesome. Uh, going, sorry, going open world is awesome. God, the zoom broke this thing up weird. The game was a little shorter and didn't really involve revisiting worlds, for, uh, which was fine. Though I would like to, I'd like to be a bit longer. Really, I thought it was like a hundred hours long. <laughs> they definitely used. I don't know how to pronounce that. 
my H uh newer IPs like Frozen, I'm hoping who the fuck knows. And Big Hero Six, which is fine, I don't have much attachment to them as they don't as they didn't exist when I was growing up and and so yeah. And I'm personally more attached to the worlds of Kingdom Hearts one and two, but growing with the times is important. Dear God, this email. They introduced a new kind of enemy called the Universal. Uh, called the sorry, the uh, Universal, the Unversed. Reading this kid, reading this fucking email makes me hate Kingdom Hearts alone because I'm learning new names for the bullshit. In addition to the Heartless and the and nobodies, yes, because three synonyms for the same thing was totally necessary. And to be honest, they could have been included. They uh, they could have never been included in the game, and it would have not been impacted in the game at all. Now, the question y'all really care about, the plot. Now, the plot is somewhat of a drunken mess. Here we go. I should just jump to this. But it's actually still followable in a fool, in a fully coolie if you can accept that Har- Haruko is in love with a space pirate king or whatever you keep or whatever you can keep up with. What I found, it's... Uh, sorry, this is just horrible to read. Not because it's a bad email, because the formatting and Google is bad. When I found it's going, uh, more similar problems to DBZ, where since the afterlife exists and is canon, no character can actually ever be written out of the uh, out of the fucking plot, so there is just bazillion fuckers waiting to come back into the plot at any second. Despite the uh, the main uh, drive of the game, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Organization 13 is a mess of who of who's and who's who and none of the goals of the ambitions or personalities making make sense. Oh, sorry, yeah, the formatting for this is bizarre when I zoomed in. Despite being the main drive of the game, as far as I'm concerned, I've already read that. Uh, okay, so yeah, I think that just he likes it, but yeah, the game's a fucking mess at this point. There's a lot more to this email. Gotcha, okay. <laughs> Jeez, I really wasn't was, kidding. That was, uh... I will use the. I will. Sorry, I'll use the. I'll read the final sentence. That all said, the game took a lot of cool ideas into it. Into the idea that hearts are not all filled with light, and that darkness and pain are not part of the, are part of the experience that shape a person. A part, sorry, part of who person is, into who they are. Who they are gonna sorta. Who they are and Sora grappling. God, I hate these names. They make me think I'm reading something wrong. Sora grappling with this is actually rather compelling. All in all, I think it's a strong entry in the series. Brought uh, brought a lot to the table. If you want, if you are a Kingdom Hearts fan, just watch a good YouTube summary of what you need to know. And you should be able to jump right in. It's good to know. A quick YouTube summary: When someone did a video on the storyline of Kingdom Hearts from the past games to now, it was like a forty-five minute video. I, I don't know I've, what quick summary I've that seen is. Longer ones too. I have. I've seen people that are into that franchise talk about that game's canonical lore in ways that, as someone who reads a lot of convoluted canonical lore, still makes my head spin. Like It's got time-traveled squared problems, which is when my head starts to bleed, where it's like when you have time travel inside time travel to fix time travel that wouldn't exist if not for a fifth time travel. That's when you lose me kind of situations. Hmm. And I know it's not time travel necessarily, but it's like weird continuity stuff where it's like, oh, these two endings are canonical because they intersect at this point in time and the two alternative realities that 
make the stuff merge at this point in time. That's why this boss exists. I feel like I could just summarize my response to Jeff by simply saying, LOL, music game for Kingdom Hearts. Fair enough. Uh, so. Fair enough. If if you could just make that my official correspondence to this, I would appreciate that. I could reply with that for you. <laughs> it can be done. Uh, we got a second email in from Jeff. I will read now, and it's much shorter than the last one was. I was just listening to some old backlogs episode 58, 18 minutes, 55 seconds in, apparently. And Charlie mentioned that if he ever got a lawn, he would buy a still off of the Clawhammer distilling supplies and start overstilling mead. So I'm here calling his bluff in, in order to get my hands on backyard homemade mead. Uh, I'm not allowed to own a still. <laughs> my wife has made it very clear until we do not live in a fire zone I am not to own a still which is smart this is fair yeah it's on the list still I, I still want one but when your state lights itself on fire every few weeks it seems you kind of go maybe I don't need another source of fire in my life <laughs> I've actually had me aging through this entire fire process and part of me is like Maybe it got smoky because of this bullshit. That could be neat, but who the fuck knows. Ugh, that does it for emails this week. Keep sending them in. We're, about, we're all caught up now, so yeah. We get into those in a timely manner unless something bizarre happens again, like more fires, which sadly seems quite plausible. Uh, yeah. That does it for this episode of the podcast. Anything else from you two fine gentlemen before we close this sucker out? Um, nothing big. I, actually, no, scratch that. So, um, I actually streamed for the first... I totally forgot to mention this. I streamed for the first time in a long time earlier oh? this week. So, I just played a little bit of casual uh, WoW stuff, I believe. I don't remember what I streamed. It was short run, but... Um, it was kind of nice. Um, I am kind of getting stuff prepped up and ready because on assuming that the World of Warcraft Shadowlands expansion does come out on the 26th of October or 27th Is of October. Is there doubt that might not happen anymore? Uh, some of the development cycle stuff. I don't know. I worry. All I got to say is that I worry. But uh, I have a feeling they're going to hard push it and then just fix stuff later because that seems to be the way now with games, especially live service games. So. Um, yeah, I will be streaming starting the 26th of October, um, and then pretty much throughout the whole week, because I'm taking that week off work, so, uh, yeah, we're actively coming up on that, aren't we? Yes, we are. So, about a month from now, I will be streaming pretty much an entire week of nothing but World of Warcraft, uh, to kind of usher in Shadowlands and all that, so... Um, and of course, it'll be for Extra Life, because uh, I actually going to ramp that back up this year, because I haven't done it in previous years. I just I think... realized something, Alex. What? This is the first year Extra Life and BlizzCon won't overlap. Yeah, <laughs> actually, you're right. <laughs> Finally! Fucking A. Although, Extra Life Game Day, I believe, is November 7th. But still, doesn't matter, it doesn't overlap. So... I remember yeah. historically BlizzCon and Extra Life have happened on the same weekend in a weird twist of fate. They have for a long fucking time, and it annoyed the yeah. shit out of me. But anyway, besides, I'm glad they they took a fucking pandemic, pandemic. for that to finally change. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, so the week of uh, October 26th, I will be streaming on Twitch. Uh, you can catch me on Mave Online on that. So yeah. You want to I give might me the extra to... life link. I will put that in the show notes for the next couple of weeks if you want. Sure. Yeah, I'll throw that on there as well. But yes, I'll be raising money for Dornbecker Children's Hospital, which is the children's hospital out here based in Portland. Uh, I've met with their extra life people over there and been helping out with the guild there a little bit. Um, they're good people, and the hospital rep's really cool. So yeah, good times. Yeah. Anything else? Um, yeah, I'm Kraken Zero. That's Z E R Zero on Facebook and Instagram. If I'm up to anything, it'll be on there. I'm still. We're kind of coming into the closing days of trying to get money for our for the game that I was kind of asked to be a part of, Quantum Fall, which is on Indiegogo. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's not too much time left on that. Uh, about a week left or so. We may extend it just because it's hard. It's it's really hard to get attention. There's a lot of people trying to crowdfund, crowdsource, crowdfund. Especially these. lately, too, with the whole pandemic thing going on. Yeah. So, yeah, I th- think he might just end up extending it because it's just I I it, we haven't raised much yet, so but that is a VR game and I would be designing the AI for it. That is if it gets funded. But that's pretty much it. Yeah. As always, I'm Mordak, I'm a RD4K on anything worth following me on including Twitch. Uh I've been bad about streaming lately. I'm going to try and get back into it uh, with the whole my fires near my house situation. Things felt more pressing and stuff like that. Maybe getting that setting up, but things seem to be cooling off a little bit, so maybe those will return soon. It will probably be morally dangerous and Destiny stuff, but who the fuck knows? Maybe I'll bite the bullet and pay 15 bucks for Among Us and stream that, even though the phone game is better. But yeah, that's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesday, Thursdays and Saturdays. If I wind up doing that, I'm trying to keep the schedule I have for that up to date. If I'm actually doing things, so check there. But yeah, I think that does it for this week. Who wants to close it out? Cue the metal. Cue the. Metal.